Meanwhile, back at the Hall of Justice, our mild-mannered podcasters were bombarded by gamma rays, bitten by radioactive bugs, mutated by toxic waste, irradiated with cosmic rays, born into a world that doesn't understand them. Everybody and welcome back to the Talking Comics Podcast. It is Wednesday, July 27th, 2022, and you're listening to episode number 557. I am your host, Steve Say, and joining me for this week's show are Mr. Bob Ryer. Have you read the latest issue of The Watchtower? <laughs> oh, wow. What? <laughs> wow. Well, two people got it. <laughs> I, I got it. <laughs> Yikes. Good. All right. Uh, Aaron Amos is here. I, I do not have the energy you have. <laughs> you, you run with it. We support you. Chris Carey is also here. Hi, I'm wearing a Damian Wayne t-shirt for tonight, just so you know. <laughs> you know, for the life of me, every single time that I have to say your last name, uh-huh. I have to stop. You panic, don't and, you? <laughs> like mentally run laps before I say it. You do so good, though. You said it right every time. <laughs> No, I said it wrong once. Well, I wasn't going to remind you of that. <laughs> and I, I left it in the podcast as a reminder to myself as penance. No. For my misdeeds. No. But now it's a scavenger hunt for the listeners. Find the episode. He said it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> What's the worst everyone's, anyone's ever come up with, Chris? Cereal. Oh, man. <laughs> That's bad. Yeah. Chris Cereal. Chris Cereal. Yeah. I've gotten, imagine going through life with the last name Say. Yeah. Hey, what do you say? Say, <laughs> uh, slay, siege, which actually would be kind of cool. I was going to say. <laughs> That's your Seagull. Halloween name. Seagull. They add letters. Yeah, they Seagull. Use <laughs> yeah, slay. People do add um, letters. You're not wrong. <laughs> you know what sucks is that my grandmother's maiden name was Hammer. Imagine if I was walking through life as Steve Damn. Hammer. I feel like come on, I should be like a I superhero. <laughs> I was like, I'm not sure I want to know you if your name was Steve Hammer. I feel like it would just make you a worse person. <laughs> it could, right? <laughs> right? It could. It you would change him. I you think. have to live up to the name like that. Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Man, you would be like a fast-talking a- detective. <laughs> yeah. Steve Hammer here. In the, 50, in the um, 50s with a big yeah. hat like my Here to help all you dames. Yeah. <laughs> broads. So, I like um, broads. Oh, yeah. broads. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Obviously, Joey is not here. Mm-hmm. And. It's mysterious. Um, mm-hmm. Yes, very mysterious. Uh, he's basically sent a text message telling us where he is. I was like. Really? We can't say anything. <laughs> oh, well, we, okay? await, we await the report, however. Yes. Yeah, it was it was weird. So maybe we'll have more on that the next time he's here. I don't know. Um, but we do have kind of uh, a sad announcement, sort of. Um, 
John is obviously not here this week. He is going to be taking a little bit of a vacation from the show. Uh, We wish him and his family all the best. Um, There's obviously some stuff going on around those parts. And we just love them and wish them, you know, the the best in everything and figuring everything out. We miss you, buddy. And, you know, anytime that John is available in the next little while to come back onto the show and hang out with us, his seat is always open. Uh, But in the meantime, yes. We are going to rotate his chair around a little bit, have a couple of special guests. And uh, this week's special guest is Chris. Hello. Yay. Thank you. Um, We have lots and lots and lots to talk about on this week's show. You may or may not know, but San Diego Comic-Con happened this past weekend, and there was lots of news. It was almost as if, Every news outlet under the sun decided to just not report anything for an entire week until this thing started. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, work was fun. But um, it's uh, it's it's going to be a good time. We're going to go through a lot of the announcements, obviously not all of them, because not all of them pertain to us. And um, it's just too much. So we're, we've kind of gone through and highlighted a lot of the stories um, I'll probably sift through a few at one point and just kind of scroll and see what I can see. But uh, we've got tons of trailers to talk about. We do of course have lightning rounds and a bunch of comics and whatnot. And uh, we also have the 2022 Eisner award winners were announced. We did pretty well so again. We'll go, didn't we? <laughs> yeah, we always do. We, uh, we will go through uh, several of those categories and highlight some of those creators and talk about a few of those wins. But um, before we get down to business with the comics, I want to uh, I want to say a few words. I'll bring the lights down a little bit. Ooh. Light a candle mm. and say, pour one out, rest in peace to the Choco Taco. Oof, you were a real Which- one. Clyde Klondike has chosen to discontinue one of the most delicious ice cream related treats known to humankind. Mm. R.I.P. And they took they took it away from us. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> so know the feeling, uh, share it, mm. share those feelings. That's tough mm. when when something you've loved for years vanishes. Mm-hmm. For no, yeah. what's the, did they give a reason? No. Uh, 2022 corporate America, <laughs> Steve. I, I, I can, uh, Aaron, you may, Chris, you may know this, but I, Steve, as a Long Islander, you remember Entenmann's? Yep. Oh, the do bakery, I remember right? Entenmann's? They're a giant factory on Fifth Avenue in Bayshore that every supermarket still, someone else bought them. They made, oh. they made a cake, a chocolate cake with vanilla icing with a big yep. chocolate fudge stripe right down the middle. Yep. It wow. was wonderful with you put a little bit of ice cream, you have a nice Irish coffee. It was a go-to. I brought this cake to I can't tell you how many parties and coffee clutches. Discontinued. Why? Oh, oh. nobody bought. It. I bought enough to keep you in business. <laughs> Personally. One of my like I love a lot of Entenmann stuff, but one of my favorite things to do back in the day when I lived in the land of Entenmann's was to get their golden cake yes. with the chocolate frosting yes. on top, cut a nice hunk out of it, and stick it in the microwave 
for like 20 seconds just to get it a little bit melty and a little bit get hot. The frost and a little molten. Yeah. 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 And just, no, 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 no. Oh, God. Your, your chocolate so chip good. cookies are still the best. <laughs> Lovely, oh, chewy chocolate chip cookies. And, oh. They're crumb cake. <laughs> They're classic crumb cake. If you keep talking like this, you're going to have to tag this episode explicit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we need, we need, right. we need What's that, Aaron? Well, you still make snack walls. Do, do they? I don't know. No, you're making me think. I'm like going back to like uh, the history of snacks, and I'm like, uh, what else am I missing? Yeah, we could turn that. We could turn this <laughs> into a snack, snack cast. Ta- no talking problem. snacks. Yes, Ooh, a Patreon episode for the future. Oh my oh. god, I could eat. Oh man, Entenmann's. Why? Why did you have to bring that up? <laughs> Because I I miss that cake so badly. Every time I'm in the supermarket, I ask like, could you ever do those again? I miss I miss Entenmann's and I miss uh, I miss bagels. I miss New York bagels. bagels. Mm -hmm. We can't get into bagel talk because it is just (laughs) it'll it'll go for too long. But I'm I'm at the point where I've been away long enough from the island that I'm really starting to crave certain things that I took for granted my whole life and now that I've not had them like the only good place that you can get bagels in all of where I live is my friend Brad's house who makes them from scratch oh. he makes the best nice. everything bagels ooh that's a that's a classic right there yeah mm-hmm. he gives me a sleeve of them every every birthday and uh, I mean, other times too, but every birthday he shows up with like this little bag that he ties off with a Aww. ribbon and it's got the bagels in it. He knows, he knows how to treat me. Right. Wow. I mean, on, on my way to work, I have to go into work really early on Friday for reasons that are stupid, but I have to go in early. I discovered a lovely bagel place near me. They make mini bagels. <gasps> so I get a mini everything, which is nice and crunchy with lock spread. Like, oh, give me, give me that, and that that makes I'm my. I'm into the locks, but oh, I'll yeah. take uh, I'll take everything because yeah, I don't do, I don't do fish. I don't do okay. anything anything fish related. Even regular cream uh, cheese ever. would be good. So that would that would. Mm. I will I will mess up some cream cheese. <laughs> <laughs> although although, and this will be the last thing, and then we'll get to some books. I can't stand it. I think the last time that we came, or maybe the time before last, but one of the times that we came back to the island, I ordered an everything bagel with cream cheese. When I tell you that I had like a like a building stories worth of cream cheese <laughs> oh, yeah. on that we're thing. The, we're Long Island. We overdo everything. Oh God! It was like they used uh, like a, a brick of like a, a brick of Philly, like yeah, a brick right, knife. Yeah. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we'll it was put horrendous. This, this, this package of Philadelphia cream cheese, quarter pound of it, within your to your bagel. Yeah, well, it's a bit uh, much. Bob, Bob, you have to tell me the best bagel place because I'm going to be in New York for secret reasons in about a month. So Ooh, on the island or in the city? Um, in the city. Ooh, every place. Okay. Yeah. What you want to find? You want to find a kosher bagel place okay. because they will they boil the bagels first. Oh yeah, and that gets you the crunch. Yeah. Okay, I'll do that. So, yeah. So just look up yeah. a kosher bagel place. There have to be four thousand of them in Manhattan, but oh. that's where you got to look. Got to look for a kosher bagel okay. place. Okay. So do no that. bacon, no ham, none of that jazz. You find a kosher bagelry, yeah. and you're good to go. Okay. Bagel porn. <laughs> yeah, I will say our my secret reason is Gotham Outsider related. We're going to announce it in a week or two. Ooh. So there's my little teaser. Do I know Scary. what it is? You might. Your wife does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Wow. I'll find out. I'll, I'll, t- find I'll out. tell you too. It's fine. <laughs> all right. All right. We'll, we'll trade, we'll trade stories when this is over. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's do some lightning rounds. I think I'm going to go first oh. this week. Mm. Yes. Oh. oh, you know what? No, I'm not because I don't have my creative team in front of me and I don't want to short anyone, even though I think I know it. You know what? I think I know it. I'm going to just do it. go. I'm going to go right <laughs> off bold. the dome. Yes. Use the force. <laughs> I want to talk about I love how the two people that read this didn't are not here. No. Uh I read I do a power bomb number 2 from uh written and drawn by Daniel Warren Johnson with I believe colors by Mike Spicer, I want to say. Um oh my god. We talked somebody talked about do a power bomb. I think it might have been John or it had to have been John or Joey. Uh on one of the podcasts that I wasn't here. Uh, I was really, really taken with the first issue, but I was blown away by the second. I am so, so, so excited about this series. I think this is Daniel Warren Johnson's best effort since Murder Falcon. Ooh. This, yeah, Murder Falcon is has grown to become, in the years since I've read it, has definitely become one of my all-time favorite things. Uh, I loved the like emotionality and the, the weight of murder Falcon and where that story goes and how it ends and everything. But that really moving, gripping drama that happens toward the end of that book happens already. I don't know how long do a power bomb is going to be, but Daniel Warren Johnson hits you with that level of sincerity in this second issue uh, toward the back half of it that I was just, I was devastated. I, I was reading it and I got to that page and I just went, whoa, <laughs> Bronwyn's laying in the bed next to me, just like, oh my God, what just <laughs> happened? And I, I spoiled the whole thing for her because I don't know if, if she's ever going to read it. But um, basically what happens in do a power bomb number two is you know you have Lona, her uh, her mother was a pro wrestler. She died uh, after a move went wrong by another pro wrestler wrestler named Cobra Sun, who basically leapt from the top ropes and came down, and he slipped on the ropes as he was coming off, and completely and totally accidentally, I think lands on her neck, Ooh. takes her out. And Lona loses her her mother. Uh, flash forward to however many years later, she's in her 20s. She's entered the wrestling circuit and she's trying to make her way in there. Nobody will do tag teams with her. She Nobody basically wants to go near her because they think that she's kind of poisoned by her past. Mm. And they... And, Rather than be supportive, she's she's kind of lost in this wrestling world, doesn't really have anyone. So she eventually gets approached by a necromancer who is able to bring her into like kind of his own little pocket dimension, this island that he has for himself. You come to find out that he's been exiled there. And as a part of his exile, he's tried to like build up his armies and come back and take over the world. And he's tried and tried again. He always fails. And so he's just given up and he's just like, you know what? 
I don't want to do that anymore. It's a waste of time. There's so much other things that I could be doing. There's life to be lived. Why don't I take up the hobby of watching television? So Necromancer starts <laughs> watching TV and happens to fall in love with wrestling and creates this uh, tag team wrestling tournament where you can basically, um, you can have a wish. You can bring someone back from the dead. Wow. And so obviously Lona wants to bring her mother back. But the problem is that she doesn't have a tag partner and no one will tag with her. So the necromancer actually, you know, brings her back to the real world. Oh, that's bad. Leaves her in front of a venue where Cobra-san, the one who's responsible for her mother's death, is wrestling and basically just like kind of walks away and, and hints like, you know, maybe you should go inside and see what happens. But where Daniel Warren Johnson really shines in this, not to mention that the artwork is just absolutely spectacular. And I think I said this last time about this book, but the wrestling portions of this you feel those moves. There's so much motion and impact and just style to those moments. It feels like you're in the ring with them. It's really brilliant. But anyway, you go and you see Cobra Sun wrestling so many years later, and he's so obviously broken by what happened. You know, his, his body language is different. He's being defeated. He's, just a shadow of the person that he was uh, the night when, when Lona's mother, uh, you know, passed away. And I was just so completely and totally pulled into, you know, who the, the villain of this story is really. And seeing the way that this, this death has affected him. And like at one point in the book, Lona's like, I don't know what you were doing out there. I was watching your match, but you know, you are you are nothing like you were. And there's this like really, really, there's this panel where like all this black shadow comes over Cobra Sun and he just says, I know. Oh. And he's so, he's so like, he's been beating himself up for close to 20 years about what happened and just barely surviving. Hmm. And the idea of, the two of them entering, it's called the Death Life Tag Team Tournament. The two of them between Lona wanting to get her mother back and then Cobra's son wanting to be redeemed by helping Lona get her back. It's, it's just, it's such an emotional beat in this story and it's only the second issue. <clears throat> Excuse me. And um, I just, I'm not going to spoil the big thing because it's just too much. And if I start talking about it, I'm going to get all weepy. Yeah. Uh, it's absolutely incredible. I love it. it. It really was one of those books. Obviously we read every week. Not a lot of things have been hitting me this year. Like there's definitely been a lot of standouts, but I haven't been really taken aback by much. There hasn't been a lot of stuff that has made me stop and remember why I love comics and why like we're still doing this all the time. Mm. This was one of those issues where I got to that, that end and I was just like, wow, holy shit. Like I have to go, I have to go for, I went for a 20 minute walk when I was done around the neighborhood because I had to just get up and move and I couldn't sit. I was like, I need to get up. I need to go out. I'm going to go out for 20 minutes with my headphones. 
I'm going to take a few laps around the block and come back and, and then go to bed because I can't even read anything after that. Wow. Yeah. It's that good. In my opinion, like I, I just do a power bomb. Uh, that was number two, but obviously pick up one and two and jump on to, onto this. It's really, really, really good. If you like Daniel Warren Johnson's vibes at all, you definitely want to pick this up. Um, super quick. And then I will be done. Uh, I read Finding Fiends on Webtoon. And I'm so sorry. I don't have my iPad in front of me, so I don't have the creator name, but I can go get it. Um, This is an amazing, amazing Webtoon series. It is a flat-out comedy. And it is a cryptid hunting comedy. Yep. Okay. About about (laughs) Finn. Finn is Finn has basically his mom was a witch and she raised him to be normal like other people. But he is just there's something about Finn that he attracts cryptids and creatures and the supernatural. It just it it revolves around him It follows him everywhere he goes. And so he has a YouTube show and his his goal is to actually film a, a, a cryptid and get famous and get followers. And he's on the, he's on the back roads one night and he looks up in his headlights and what does he see? But Mothman. No. <laughs> yeah, and he accidentally hits Mothman what? with his car. Oh, I love Mothman. this. Love yes. it. Oh, Bob, this, this was made for you. It's, it's so incredible. Uh, Mothman ba- basically bumps his head on the road and doesn't remember. He's got amnesia now. <laughs> and so gets better and better. Finn, Finn feels really terrible about it. So he says, why don't you come and live with me for a while until you gain your memory back? And so this is the comedic story of Mothman and Finn making a YouTube show together with Mothman as his cameraman uh, going off into the woods and like being possessed by spirits um, tons and tons of different cryptids from around different, um, you know, mythologies and zoological stuff end up showing up yeah. in the series. And it's starting to, it's like 58 or so, 59 episodes in. It's starting to have a little bit more story, a little bit less of the, like, cryptid of the, of the week kind of thing okay. to it. But it is all funny it is hilarious like i was laughing out loud four episodes into this and just kept laughing so many times with so many episodes and they're short too yeah so they're like they're really really quick hits you could knock this out in like an hour and change if that if you just kept going yeah uh it's really really good it's got it's not just straight up funny like it's definitely got some some heartfelt stuff to it too i think we're as we get deeper into the characters finn specifically Mm. um and there's also kind of like a relationship that's brewing a little bit uh in the episodes that i'm reading now and it looks like it's going places and i i really really enjoy it bronwyn introduced me to it yeah and it's it was what i needed to get to get a lot of laughs and oh my god mothman his name his name is dave yeah in, in the series he is so unbelievably he's not rude but like he he's not used to human ways yeah and so he doesn't 
understand everything that's going on and just the bluntness of Dave's observations about the way Finn goes through life is really, really, really funny. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Chris, have you you read this? Yes, I was the one that introduced it to Bronwyn, actually. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Oh, I love this series so much. Uh, Fen is the classic himbo. Like, that's the energy he brings to every (laughs) encounter. I love him so much. And the way that they've drawn Mothman as this adorable, like, little little chibi version of himself is, it's just everything. This is so much fun. I love it a lot. And we may be covering it soon. No. Spoiler. It has to be yeah, so much I, better than that terrible Richard Gere movie from years back. <laughs> oh, which, oh, wow. I remember that. That was terrible. Yeah. And I, I, here's, I, I, I will plead guilty ahead of time here. <laughs> way, way back, way back when I was a kid, a teenager, uh-huh. and an impressionable person, I. I wanted there to be everything in the world that could possibly be. So I wanted there to be Nessie and Yetis and whatever. Are you, are and, you, are you saying there aren't, Bob? Uh, Bob? Not for not for me, but for everybody else, you could be. You <laughs> in believe. your heart, they're alive. <laughs> in my heart, they're alive. In my yeah. head, they're not anymore. <laughs> but that said, in 1970 or so, they had the Minnesota Iceman in my local mall. Did they? <laughs> yes, they did. So he was a, a Yeti or a Bigfoot in a block of ice in a freezer, and you paid your oh my God. 50 cents and went to see him. So I, I'm really into this whole idea of, sure, oh, why yeah. not have Dave the Mothman? I'm, yes, I'm, I'm you in. should read it. You should read yeah. it. Yeah, I live in Sasquatch territory, so I am big into the cryptids. It's so fun. <laughs> who's your favorite? Stuff. Who's your favorite cryptid? Let's go around the room. If you're going to pick one. I mean, Mothman is my favorite. That's why okay, I have this comic. Cool. Yeah, Steve. Oh, Mothman's really good, Mothman's but good. oh man, I'm gonna need a minute. Okay. I'm gonna need a minute. Aaron, you have a favorite piece of odd zoology that doesn't really exist, but go for it anyway. I was, I was gonna say I have no idea what you guys are talking. About. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, 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 yeah. Um, no, okay. So I don't know that this qualifies as a cryptid. I can go back and look at cryptids, but there is okay. a character in this that I am very familiar with, unfortunately. <laughs> My favorite character in the entire series is the sleep paralysis. <gasps> right? Ooh, that's yes, a very yes, real yes, thing, yes. though. That's a yeah, that's oh a I I had I had sleep paralysis when I was a kid. Yeah. All Me too. The, time. Steve, were you a creepy kid too? Because I was definitely one of those kids that creeped out their parents. <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, I I don't think that I creeped them out. My my parents never really like considered what that could mean, especially <laughs> with how frequently it was happening. Oh my God. Cause like I would wait I would wake up like I could picture it right now. Like I would wake up and my my chin would be like pressed down to to the corner like near my shoulder and i wouldn't be able to move and i would have to mentally talk to myself and be like okay you can't move because you have sleep paralysis and then i would have to like kind of bunch up all of my energy and be like okay one two three and just kind of shock myself out of it was the way that i would break it but the problem is was that sometimes it was so deep 
that I would go right back into it. Uh, and there were times when I couldn't, I couldn't get out of it for like two or three times. Those were really scary. Yeah. No, that's yeah. real. Yeah. Oh, I, have I, have a, that. I have a friend who suffered with tons of that, who at, I had to talk him down literally from the idea that they were coming through his bedroom window and there were aliens abducting him. Yeah, um, I had that one, one time, happening. sleep paralysis-wise. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Ooh, fun times. Yes. Aaron, where, where are you at now, now that you've heard some of this craziness? <laughs> I actually, it's interesting. I was listening to Steve. I actually did, when I was probably in my adolescent years, I'd probably say somewhere around 10 to, I want to say like 15 or so, probably suffered, I don't know. I want to say monthly with you know some instance of sleep paralysis where I would literally wake up, like you said, literally wake up and I feel like I would be in the asleep within a sleep, mm-hmm. um, yep. and and wouldn't be able to move. And literally, it got to the point where I remember the first several times it was traumatizing almost, but then yeah. it just got to the point where I would just literally just not give up, <laughs> you know, like not give up, and then eventually something would you know snap me out of it. And I think somehow I feel like I don't know. I feel like that coming to that point sort of was the beginning of it sort of just going away. But hmm. yeah. Do but, you, do you all know why it happens? I'm about to go full psych nerd on you. Please. please <laughs> no, but I would love to know. Okay. So the reason that you can dream without your body acting it out, if you don't have like sleepwalking and things like that is because parts of your brain just shut off while you're sleeping. The parts that move it, uh, so the reason people sleepwalk is that's not working and that part of their brain doesn't shut off. So they get up and they're walking out their dreams. But for the rest of us, that part shuts off. Every once in a while, especially for like teenagers, that part is not like fully able to engage right away when you wake up. So you're actually half your brain is asleep and half your brain is awake when that mm. happens. And that's why you can dream up demons and stuff like that because you're not – you are awake, but you're not entirely awake. You're kind of like um, – like a manatee. I don't know if people know that. That's a manatee fact. They do that all the time. They're always half asleep. (laughs) (laughs) They are always half asleep, like half their brain is asleep and then the other half switches off. But we do that too when we have like sleep paralysis. So. Oh, the humanity. (laughs) Oh, nicely played. uh, I'm going to blow Steve's mind. Ooh. Oh, please. Because I read do a powerbomb one and two. Yes, thank you very much. He made all kinds of assumptions about who read it. <laughs> but I read it. I, I read both of them. And I agree with everything you said. And I am wondering now how every scene moving forward is going to be colored by the final image of uh, number two. Um, right. Because now that completely shifts the narrative and completely shifts the dynamic um, between characters. Um, Yes. Even though in theory, the audience, the reader knows the characters don't. Um, Right. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, Very emotional, very emotional for a, right. A wrestling book. Um, And I wasn't expecting it. I think was the biggest the biggest surprise to me was that I wasn't even like, I didn't know how many pages were left in the book, but I didn't expect to turn the page. And then, cause there's no, there's nothing, there's nothing to hint at it before it happens. Nope. Which is why I'm not spoiling it. Sometimes I don't have a problem spoiling things, but I don't want to spoil this for, for readers. But like 
there's there's nothing to tell you that that this reveal is coming and then you turn that page and you're just like oh my god this this changes the whole thing so i i just yeah there there was it was right there on the page sort of just like wow a part of me wondered if it was written with that in mind just okay here's what we're gonna do bam all right we're gonna yeah we're gonna weave all these things around it but yeah i i i i cannot fault you i cannot yeah all the hype was there excellent it it was it was earned um first i would like to issue an apology for assuming that you did not read it (laughs) you don't know my life (laughs) i don't i've been i've been very busy and very out of touch the last little while this past week has been madness um but to to circle back really quick and then we'll move on to the next lightning round I am reading this list of cryptids here, <laughs> and I have to say the Ahul is pretty damn cool. Ahuls are enormous carnivorous bats that are said to inhabit the rainforests uh, rainforest of Java in yeah. Indonesia, believed to have a wingspan in excess of 10 feet. Yeah. 10 feet. Ahuls are said to be covered in a thick brown or black fur like fruit bats, but unlike bats have long, powerful legs and claws that are supposedly capable of pouncing and snatching up their prey, including humans. Yeah, love them. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm kind of into the Ahul life. That's, <laughs> that's real good. You didn't choose the Ahul life, it chose you. That's right. Did you ever see the old movie The In-Laws? Yes. I don't know. Alan Arkin and Peter Falk. It's sort of the original version of Meet the Parents, kind of. Uh, Peter Falk is this really bizarre CIA agent, and he and Arkin's families are marrying together. And Mm -hmm. he's telling this story at the dinner table about the Guacamole Act of 1918, (laughs) where there are giant tsetse flies that pick up the little brown children from Mexico in their beaks and fly away with them. It's like, it's a hool, only it was a tsetse fly. How wildly inappropriate. Yes. All right. Uh, let's do another lightning round. Uh, Chris. Yes. I am ready. I am so excited to talk about the one that I picked for today. So this is a traditional comic. Don't worry. I have a webtoon too. Um, but I read the first issue of Sens of the Black Flamingo. Have any of you yes. heard of it? It's so good. Oh, my it's God. So good. Oh, my God. Okay. So it is a hella queer heist story. And I'm just going to read the character's description of himself by way of explanation. I am the Black Flamingo, gentleman thief. Note, gender is a construct and all property is theft. <laughs> I rob from the rich because the poor have nothing worth taking. I steal magic artifacts from idiots and dilifants and I put them back where they belong and I look good doing it. (laughs) (laughs) He is amazing. He's this Harlow is this delightful, like classic gentleman thief, as he says, deeply cynical about the world, but secretly very empathetic. And he gets constantly pulled into these cases of helping queer people, basically, even though he doesn't want to admit that he likes to help people. Um, so his first heist is finding the missing heart of a golem that was taken from a queer couple in the Holocaust. And he brings it back and the golem is made in the image of the guy's love. And when he puts the heart back, the guy comes alive again. And it's just really moving and beautiful. 
ah, and it's heisty and it's so gay. And I love it so much. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, I had a really good time with that one when I read it. Yeah. It's really fun, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah it's yeah. so good. So good. Uh, the other one, so I mentioned this last time I was on, and it has now come out. I read Zatanna and the Ripper on Webtoons. Oh, my God. The series is so good. DC's Webtoons are just continually knocking it out of the park. Um, this one has some of the most gorgeous art I have ever seen on Webtoons. It's honestly so gorgeous. Uh, but it's basically about Zatanna. She's, like, coming into her own with her power, but still very bad at using magic and she accidentally ends up back in the at London with Jack the Ripper on the loose and it is so interesting so that was what I read this week I independently Chris I had yes. I had found Zatanna and the Ripper as well I'm a big Yay. Zatanna fan and I've only gone through the first chapter, but watching, it's a very young Zatanna yeah. and her dad, and she is trying to move forward. But of course, she accidentally shunts some kid into another dimension, <laughs> pulls up a yes. giant bunny rabbit out of a hat, yes. and her dad's trying to do the right thing, and then things don't go so well. I, yeah. I Don't spoil it for me, but my understanding is John Constantine is part of this moving forward. Yeah. Oh, yes. come on, please. Yeah. Yes. Also, that kid, I am 95% sure, is a reference to uh, Gotham Academy because that looks and his name is Colton, which is one oh. of the main characters from that. Oh, yeah. Yes. So I'm pretty sure she traumatized Colton from Gotham Academy. <laughs> yeah, there you go. And I, I'm intrigued I, to see what they'll do with the Ripper. I, I This sounds awful to say it this way. I'm a big fan of Jack the Ripper. Me too. Okay, the, cool. The only thing I like more than cryptids is serial killers. So, you know. Nice. <laughs> this has gone off the rails. Hey, last time I was on, I off talked about cults. People know who I am. <laughs> right. Aaron Kuzminski, right? Right? Yeah. Yeah, Maybe. see? Yeah, Maybe. I think. I think. Okay. That or H.H. We'll, H. Holmes. We'll, I'm not a, I'm not above it being H.H. H. Holmes. Uh, could be. We'll, we'll, we'll talk. <laughs> well, this comic might answer the question, though. It might answer who is Jack the Ripper. So. As opposed to Patricia Cornwell. Yeah, she couldn't answer the question. We'll, we'll stop. That's true. I'll, I'll go, we could do an hour on. We'll, we'll do a Patreon on Jack the Ripper. <laughs> Thirsty fun. on serial killers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Taking a very cult-like turn. <laughs> oh, we I haven't begun to make it cult-like, Aaron. <laughs> Man, uh, Sins of the Black Flamingo, I love the mask. Yes! Oh my god, he has this rainbow sequin mask that messes with the camera, so it looks like his face turns into a blur of rainbow. It's Ooh. the best. <laughs> I love him so much. I don't know why, but this uh, there's something about this that gives me sex criminal vibes. Ooh, I could see it. I really, uh, I don't. Know, I think it, I think it might be it might be the mask and kind of the the mm. colors that come off of it yeah. and that whole rainbow uh, like come world or whatever it is that they had going on there. <laughs> you have to read it. <laughs> it's so good. No, we read it. I read it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I'm ready. I'm aware. I'm just sort of the the rainbow what world? You- Come world. That's what um um Mad Fraction's character uh referred to it as. Yeah. 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 That was his nickname for it, like the in-between. 
uh, when everything slows down after it's, a, uh, you know, uh-huh. yeah, <laughs> after the business. Yeah, it is a the it is business. a very a very horny comic too. Like already, <laughs> after the business, the business. You know, perhaps you've heard of it. Business. Business. I also read. I also read Zatanna yeah! and uh, I'm enjoying it. And you're, you're right about the art. It is absolutely spectacular. I am continuously blown away by the art yeah. that's on Webtoon. I there know, are right? so many talented people. It's and like all different styles. I think sometimes, and I'm even guilty of this, especially when I first started dipping my, my toe into Webtoon of thinking that it was all, just like stilled anime or, or manga type mm-hmm. stuff, but there really is just a, a wide variety of different artists and artistry oh, going yeah. on, on Webtoon. Um, some truly terrifying yeah. stuff too. I need a, there's a, there's a series that I'm wondering if I've waited long enough for all of the episodes to Which be one? out. If I went back, um, Oh my God, I'll have to look at my list. Okay. Unless you know, I, I will say this. I will say this about Webtoon. Hmm. I I love Webtoon a lot. What I don't love about Webtoon is its UI. I don't yes. like navigating. It's annoying. It sucks. I feel <laughs> it takes me forever to find what I'm looking for. Like yeah. even just to find my list of things, I can never remember what button corresponds to the thing that I'm looking for. I desperately need them to make a to read list. I don't understand why that doesn't exist. So I just end up subscribing to the things I plan to read, and then I get notifications about them, but I haven't read them yet. It's very frustrating. <laughs> have you Have you read Forest of Humans? No. Okay. I'm adding it now. Yeah, Forest of Humans is basically about like an interview crew who is inside of a prison for serial killers. <gasps> And they, all of the serial killers all break <gasps> out all at once. Oh my God. And it's the survival story of one of the journalists basically befriending the worst of them. Yeah. And trying to escape the prison while the other serial killers are running around trying to find them. Oh, 1000% in. Sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's called Forest of Humans. Wow. It's really, really good. I just good. added it. <laughs> it's really good. Um, I also, I, uh, really quick, I, I read, um, like 57 episodes of, um, my dictator boyfriend. Isn't it great? I, <gasps> you don't love my dictator boyfriend. I'm so- I don't, I, I like it a lot, but I don't love it. How? Okay. I know the episodes are short. I'm trying to remember where you're at. Have you gotten into the propaganda minister storyline? Because that's when it like hits its stride. No, okay. I'm I'm at the I'm at the point where I mean spoilers for something that has 370 <laughs> something episodes to it. But um, I'm at the point where Emmanuel and I can never remember his name. JJ Bodyguard Man. JJ. What is it? JJ. Okay, JJ. They're obviously they're they're together, but I don't. I don't. Emmanuel is mm-hmm. not there yet. Yes, he is. He is underbaked as a as a ruler and as oh. a human being. And I obviously we're not supposed to like yeah. all the decisions that he no. makes because then you know you need room for growth and stuff like that. But 
I I find myself more entertained by some of the side characters. Yes. Yeah. It takes a while Um, for Emmanuel because of the nature of his character is like a kind of hopeless idiot. At first, it takes a while for him to be interesting. But uh, you're about to hit the plot line with the propaganda minister, which is the, the dating app. Plot line that is. Oh, I am. I am. I am there a little bit. Okay, when you get into that full swing, it is delightful, and okay. and then you start getting some of Emmanuel growing and making choices and things like. Well, that, that. was like that was that was one of the sticking points for me was yeah. that he's he's in a secret relationship with yeah. JJ, but to for the cover yeah. of him not being outed as queer, he engages in this app yeah but he's so dismissive about signing up for it i know and i was like you you're a jerk (laughs) are you suggesting that the man raised to be a dictator of a country is not nice steve (laughs) (laughs) i think we all know what i'm getting at here you're not supposed to like him at first. You're definitely supposed to be on JJ's side most of the time. Where, though, honestly, his life choices about wanting to be with him are very questionable. Um, but his like questioning him and wanting him to be better than he is and pushing him to be better than he is, it's it gets really beautiful and interesting going forward. All right, I was I was maybe gonna put it aside, but maybe you convinced me to keep going. Also, you just gotta dig into the propaganda minister because he's the funniest character in the whole story. You know what it is though is like there's so much stuff on webtoon that you can just you can just open it up and read. It's true. So if you're not jiving with something, you could just go and read something else at no cost. It's true. You're not wrong. Yeah, yeah. Um, I will give it another try. Yes. We may also soon be covering that one on Thirsty on Dune. So, oh man. <laughs> well, pick your pick your guest spots because I already got another invite last night. <laughs> yep. All right. Um, let's do another lightning round. Uh, Aaron, I would like for you to go next. Is that what you would like? Let's see. I, well, <laughs> let, let me get my notes. Get, okay, here we go. All right. Me. So we did the Shazadams and all that stuff. So let's get right into it. So I got three books. Well, technically I got three titles, but multiple books. The first one is Impact Winter Number 1, Travis Beecham, Stephen Green. Um, I had actually purchased this when it came out, I think, a couple, was it a week ago, a couple weeks ago? Um, but I didn't get around to reading it. Um, I liked the premise of it. It gave me a 30 days of night vibe just from reading that that premise if you remember that movie um Mm -hmm. so i decided to jump in um long story short in terms of the premise we have another post semi-apocalyptic scenario where something hit the earth and uh brought about the advent of vampires they don't call them vampires though but they're vampires um and you know the world has had to adjust uh to life in this space sort of you know, sharing this space with vampires, not, you know, cordially, I should say, but, you know, having to exist, you know, you know, running for your life pretty much every minute of the day um, and sort of existing in this post-apocalyptic world. You have the main character, Darcy, who has obviously suffered some loss at the hands of the vampires, um, but she's got some responsibilities to, to attend to, one of which is raising her or helping to take care of her little sister. Um, she wants to, she believes she wants to do this by eventually, by essentially going out and fighting the vampires. But as she is told, 
you're a little green. You gotta, you gotta earn your stripes. Um, and she's willing to prepare to do that, but she's also hot headed and sometimes thinks she's better than she really is. And she finds herself in a situation that she sort of can't get out of. Um, you know, you got some supporting characters here. Jepson, who's like this father figure, who's essentially giving her the rope to, to giving her the space to grow into this role that she wants to play because he sees something special in her. Um, we have this sort of this character called Godwin, who's I'll be honest with you, the, <laughs> the lines are blurred. He's this sort of brother lover type, and I'm like, I don't know, this is getting weird. But um, he, you know, he is there also to help train her. Um, so these are the people that are sort of supporting her and keeping her basically grounded, but at the same time safe, but also supporting, you know, her her desires to go out there and contribute to, you know, their ultimate mission. Well, once again, as you remember, I said she's a little hot-headed. She found herself in a situation where she could have made the right decision. She knew what the right decision was, but she chose to ignore it anyway, and she couldn't. It was too much, um, and because it was too much, um, she had a little bit of a traumatic experience, which will essentially would, would put her into the, the eye line of some people she didn't want to be visible to, and this is going to set the stage for the the troubles that she experiences moving forward. Um, I will say that even though she was in over her head, the smarts of the character displayed while trying to get out of it was great. Um, the, the bravery was great. Um, I will also say this story ramped up quick. This was, there was not a lot of, you know, slow burn set up and, you know, maybe the last scene is the one that matters. There was, there was, uh, action and, and activity and story being told all throughout the book. So that, that kind of kept me going. Um, it was actually 30 some odd pages, but because it was so well spaced and sort of in, in terms of storyline and plot line, I actually just kept reading through and before I knew it, it was, you know, it's like eight minutes later. And I'm like, oh, well, I guess we're done. Um, okay. <laughs> so um, it, it went pretty quickly. So um I was, I was, it was enough to keep me going. I'm, I'm curious to see what happens because again, she, she suffers a little traumatic experience that will really set the tone for how she perceives everything moving forward. Um, not traumatic in a way that is, you know, you know, physical or anything like that, but traumatic in a way that is emotional um, and sort of upends expectations and, and perceptions of the world. So now she sort of has to reconcile what, what that means moving forward. Um, meanwhile, there are people looking over her shoulder, well, ready to, to, to make their move, whatever that move is. So I liked it. I enjoyed it. I'm going to probably keep stick with it and see what happens. Um, you know, I like to get into these stories and then I get to a point of no return and I basically have to write it out. So, so far, so good. Next, um, I I won't say I hate read it. I read it with trepidation. <laughs> um, Project Superpowers Fracture State 1 through 4. And I say that, and it was um, uh, Ron Mars and Andy Lanning. And I say that because of the whole dynamite situation and, you know, comics gate and all that stuff in the past. But whatevs. Um, because I read the first one back in the day, the first, well, some of the first plot storylines, rather, first volumes back in the day, I kind of you know, found myself interested in seeing where they would go with the story. I do remember after reading the first volumes back in the day that it was, a. I felt like, okay, I wanted more because it was sort of left hanging and it was interesting and good to be out of the, the, to be in a superhero book, but sort of be out of the big two and sort of see how another 
writer looks at it. So we have this scenario. I'm not going to go into recalling all the uh, previous versions, but we have the scenario where um, we have some time jumps where some of the familiar heroes, where we see where some of the familiar heroes from the previous volumes are meeting their end. Um, each one of those sort of flashbacks uh, revert, sort of snaps you back into this one character who we're going to call John Doe, who essentially has no memory of who he is, but he's actually seeing these ex- seeing these events and believing himself to have been there or fought. But it's just very weird for him, though, because he has no other memories of who he is or what he's how he got to wherever he is. He finds himself in these very weird, almost like uh, quantum leap spaces or... You know, where he's like, hey, what, why am I waking up here now? Um, he wakes up. Again, this is a time jump. So this happens way in the future. I think it was 2052. He wakes up to find out that, once again, post-apocalyptic. That seems to be a theme this month. Um, <laughs> this, this scenario has occurred where the world basically went to crap. Climate change went to its furthest extreme. Earthquakes, storms, droughts, everything just went to crap. There was a disease named called COVID that was fatal to all the children in kindergarten. It was, yes, exactly. It was, there was a lot going on. And I was just like, all right, I see what you're doing. Little heavy handed with the impact of, you know, climate change and global warming and all that stuff basically causing the end of the world. But this was the, these were the events that essentially broke the U.S. into factions. And these factions, you know, were manned by heroes, well, powered people. Um, essentially, it got to this point where they figured, all right, we've done our best to try to save the world, save the, the you know, the planet from everything that's occurred, all these natural disasters, unnatural disasters. But truth of the matter is, we need to just sort of grab our corner, stake our claim, and and defend it. And that's essentially what happened. But there are these people that were inspired by the heroes of the past who are trying to find Pandora's urn. Pandora's urn is a through line from the previous story. Pandora's urn has the power that may allow them to save the world, uh, figure out what happened to some of the missing heroes, um, and right things that are have been wronged. Um, not exactly sure how just yet, um, but I will say the the fun hero bits in between and sort of the unusual storytelling um, was entertaining, if not a little heavy handed. Um, so uh, if I got to read it, I'd say give it a C plus, but I probably, because I read four, I'm probably going to read the next one or two was it that are left just to wrap it up. But it was good to be back and see some of those other heroes um, that I, I really began to like a while back. Then there is the AXE judgment day, Karen Gillen, very uh, judgment day number one. I read it for those of us on the show who are in the chat. Um, I made I made my opinions known after reading the first page. Basically, I think I said something like, "I've only one page in, and I already hate the Avengers." Um, <laughs> so, so, basically, just like that. So, John talked about the sort of prelude book um, a while back, a little a couple of weeks ago, I think it was about a week ago. Um, basically, setting the stage for. You know, mutants having to be judged by the uh, Eternals, who, like you said before, are, are genetically modified to eradicate deviants. And right now they have, because of the mutants' functional immortality, they have risen in the, the eyes of the Eternals. And now they find themselves to be seen as the ultimate deviant now. Um, and you know, the Eternals are like, eh. some of the Eternals, I should say, are like, eh, I'm really not feeling that all that much. 
um, we're going to have to get rid of all of you. Uh, basically just like burn you off the face of existence starting today. And then we're going to go have lunch. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, that's literally kind of what happened. Um, but what the book essentially starts out with the Avengers being the Avengers bursting into a situation that they really probably don't have a right to be in claiming themselves to be arbiters of all things that happen on the planet and, and taking a very heavy hand to manage it. But then, you know, letting Captain America walk in and, and shine his baby blues and, you know, <laughs> all American smile and make it all better when you just punch the lady out of the sky and, and, and kidnapped her and chained her up in a room. And now you're interrogating her without anyone knowing where she is. But you know, that's the thing, I guess. That, what, what Sounds American. American? <laughs> I'm going to say, what could be more American than that? Anyway, um, who, who wrote this, by the way? I do want to... Kieran Gillen. Wow. Kieran Gillen. Um, so, meanwhile, so we got that happening. We got the Avengers trying to figure out what's going on with the, the Eternals. They, by the way, I should say the Avengers kidnapped Cersei of the Eternals uh, because they were pissed off that uh, they believe the Eternals broke into their little Avengers cave and, and did some things and they kind of want to know what happened. Um Meanwhile, the X-Men are still dealing with the fallout of revealing to the world that they are functionally immortal, primarily because the rest of the world is like, you have been portioning out these, albeit great, medicines to us when you could basically just bring back my dead mother or my dead uh, parents or my, my dead brother or my dead sister or whatever. You've had this ability to bring people back to life all along, but they haven't quite told the world the limitations of that. So basically... This is the thing that is turning the world back against mutants. You've been harboring this great thing. What right do you have to have this ability? And what is this going to mean for the way that we evolve together? Are you now going to, because we will die, you all will live forever. Are you going to become the dominant power on the planet? Um, like I said, the Eternals are not happy with this. They do see a vulnerability in, in this uh in this functional uh, functional immortality, they strike at it. It goes beast, um, and <laughs> it really does. I mean, it is just vicious and just savage, and just done with such I don't know, just such panache and flair that I was sort of just like, "There's a lot going on here." Um, so the book, from a storyline perspective. I actually did enjoy the book. I was curious to see what John's perspective was. I actually did enjoy the book. I enjoyed that I I had my perspective of the characters um, that were influenced by some of the other books that I read. But at the same time, because I didn't read the Eternals, the Kieran Gillen Eternals book that I think is still ongoing, but John has been talking about, kind of wonder what John John's perspective was going to be on this book because I know he read uh, the uh, Karen Gillan Eternals book, and I think it, that gave him some insight on the story that maybe I didn't have because I have not read that entire book. And they did reference a lot of the things that happened there. Um, but there are so many different characters and so many different stories that are all coming to a head here. Um, I think I'm going to, because of that aspect of it and the amazing Valerio Shidi art, I'm going to definitely keep going with it. It's a very, very big story. It's a very, very big story that is, um, I could see this having impact moving forward on quite a few things, but Marvel being Marvel, those things will eventually be undone anyway. But um, I can see the most impact obviously being on the X-Men for a couple of reasons. 
on the mutants rather for a couple of reasons. Number one, the you know the revelation that they are functionally immortal and what that means and what that does to their world tour of happiness and trying to to win over the rest of humanity. That's all shot to hell now. Um, but also, you now have been positioned because you've expanded so much into space into the universe you've got the eye of people whose job it is to keep you in check so i'm kind of curious to see how this plays out my fear like we've we've hinted at in the past was that there was going to be some big event that's gonna reset the status quo um and put them back in the school in westchester you know being hated by everyone and hiding their secrets primarily because moira is still out there um, and she may or may not make an appearance in the story. Um, and if you don't know, basically Mora is the one who, if she dies, can reset the timeline altogether. And everything that has happened in the Hickman story goes away and they start again. So there's all these ah. different threads. Yeah. That, that's Moira's power. That's Moira's mutant power. She basically, if you kill her today, the, the whole timeline resets and but she comes back remembering everything that's happened the previous times so she so she can come back and do things again so in the previous powers of uh, 10 remember she she did it nine times nine times basically she came back uh, trying to reset things they tried all these different ways of doing it and it all led to the extinction of mutants so that's what led to the way that that's what led to Krakoa. So all of that is still in jeopardy as long as Moira is out there. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see. It's very tense, a lot of tension in this book um, because those threads, even though, like we keep saying, they're functionally immortal, they're functionally immortal because of five mutants. And if you kill one of those mutants, all that goes away and it becomes sort of like, it's like pulling a thread that unravels so much of what they are relying hmm. on. Especially as in other books, they've talked about this. It's been a through line through a lot of the X books. People have got so complacent knowing that death doesn't really mean much to them. What happens if that is taken away? You know, um, so yeah, it, there's a lot happening in this story. So I'm curious to see where Gillen takes this. Hmm. And that's my not so lightning, lightning round. <laughs> All right, I've got a few questions. You said a lot of stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I might have missed this part, but have you listened to or are you aware that there is an Impact Winter uh, Audible drama series? I am, only because I saw it on Comixology when I was pulling them through. I haven't listened to it, though. Okay. I I am aware Uh, of it. I saw the thing when I was purchasing the book, and I was like, hmm, I have Audible. Maybe I should jump into that at some point. There is also a video game, but it doesn't look to be related to the um, to the comic or, or to that story. I will say this, though. I brought up a couple of pages for this, and it looks awesome. Is this just the one shot? Um, I don't think – no. I think it was – is it one of five, I believe? Because it says one shot at the thing that I'm looking at. No, because it actually – well, it sort of ended on a cliffhanger typey thing. Um, so if it's a one shot, it's just rude. Um, <laughs> but but um, 
I thought I had, maybe I'm looking at thinking of something else. I thought I had read somewhere that it was one of five. I'm trying to confirm now, but we'll find out. Um, and these Project Superpowers outfits are <laughs> pretty interesting. <laughs> it's like Pirates meets Punisher meets Black Widow, all wrapped into one with domino masks. First of all, there's like so many of them that look so similar. And there's a, in one of the issues, there's a, a shot of like six or seven of them all standing around. I'm like, they're all red and blue. I'm like, how do you tell who's who and whose job is it to draw this and keep track of it all? But yeah, it's interesting. It was Alex it Ross looks, back in the day, wasn't it? Yes, when they started yes, doing this? Yeah. At one point. Yeah. So, uh, Bob, why don't you hop in with some of your questions? I, I, I'll go with it. Sounds like calling a sports talk radio show. I have a comment and a question. <laughs> so, um, I find it fascinating how many different takes there are on Captain America and what it means to be Captain America, mm-hmm. as opposed to Tony Zicotes who just wrote it and what you're telling me with mm-hmm. Gillen. Uh, the guy who fought the other side of the Civil War is not someone who mm-hmm. kidnaps people and interrogates them or waterboards yep. them or whatever. I, I don't get that. I really don't. And that's the thing that I struggle with sometimes because I hear you guys talk so well about so many other books. And I actually have it, uh, the Townhouse Coach one marked in my um, Marvel Unlimited because I read it. I don't want to dislike Captain America. It just seems like I have this, I think my mutant power is, is coming in on stories that don't put him in the best light. Oh, there, and there are a lot um, of There are a lot. Right. Well, there's Nick Spencer, whatever. And, and it, it, I, I have talked to people for years who not only don't get the character, hate them, hate him because of the way he's portrayed in generally books that aren't his own. Hmm. I mean, I, let me just give you this. This isn't really a spoiler. You literally have a situation where Tony Stark and Cersei are sitting having a drink together. Next thing you know, this isn't really a spoiler, spoiler. So, But if you think it's a spoiler, then tune out and come back in 30 seconds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, next thing you know, you have the Phoenix Force coming out of the, uh, off in the distance. You can see it in the background. And Cersei looks up and sees it, and she's like, what the? And next thing you know, there is this flame-powered fist basically knocking blood out of the side of her face, um, knocking her out. And then next thing you know, she wakes up tied up. No, and then, I'm sorry, then you have the rest of the Avengers to include, you got Phoenix, Thor, Captain Marvel, all sitting there looking satisfied that they've just knocked out this Eternal, and they're going to take her back to the little Avengers cave. Um, and tie her down and interrogate her, which is exactly what they did. Then you yeah. have Tony, 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 Tony. Yes, I mean, let's look at civil wars and those. Things. Tony, yep. yes. Carol, probably. And Steve, Cap. Steve, yep. never, never. Yep. Walks big old shots of him walking right into that room. Yeah, it's terrible. Asking questions, and I, so I was just like, "This is what I'm talking about." Yeah. Why do they feel like they can do that? I mean, granted, she's super powered. She took the hit. She's fine. Yeah, but, but the, the message is not a great one. Yes, yeah. exactly. Don't come back to me now and talk about what's right and what's you know what's wrong and doing the right thing. Blah blah blah. Because no, you just smacked the woman out of the sky, huh. yeah. <laughs> you know, off the top of a building, and then chained her to a chair that someone that Captain Marvel couldn't get out of. Hmm. So yeah, Again, if, yeah. You, if you go way way back. You know, Stan had, doing the man out of time, found a way to have Cap side with 
college protesters. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a guy from World War II, but what was right was right. You go to Englehart, the next big run, and it's during Watergate and the government is terrible. He quits being Captain America and becomes Nomad, the man without a country, because the country is corrupt. Yep. And yeah. that's that's the Steve Rogers who takes those 40s values and moves them forward. And that's through a civil war and secret wars and secret invasions and everything else. And through Mr. Coates' run, that was all there. And it's starting mm -hmm. to happen that way again. And when people, it's a shortcut. It's a shortcut to write a character, I guess. Obviously, Mr. Gillen's a great writer. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I, maybe it'll change as we go, but that take on that character is easy and obvious, I think. Yeah. Yep. Well, I think Steve Rogers has the Superman problem, right? Like those characters are hard to write well. People have this instinct to corrupt them and that will make yes. them better. And it's just not, it's, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it's not what we want from those characters. Exactly. You know, we, we need the ones where they are getting it. I think that's why the John Kent stuff has hit so hard lately. Mm. You know. Yep. So I feel you. He's there's so many books where he's a terrible character. So I totally get you on that. So it's just I don't want to hate him. It's no. just you cannot keep he cannot keep talking out of the side of his face. Mm -hmm. You know, in different books. Um yeah. and then be held up and be written the way he should be written. And right. other read, read, read Ta-Nehisi Coates's cap. Try, yeah, I definitely have it. You'll, you'll, you'll yeah. fall over it. It's so great. And it is, it's layered and dichotomous. The, the, he, he struggles with all those things himself, which makes it okay. He's self-aware enough to understand what it all means. Yeah. Uh, my yeah. other question is this, and I, I, if you want to be outraged, please go ahead. Oh, go ahead. If, if Moira does what you're suggesting and she resets everything and none of the Hickman stuff mattered, how mad are you going to be? <laughs> oh, I'm flipping tables. Okay. That's what I'm hoping for. That's terrible. Right. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm full on flipping tables. I am I will lose it. Has Moira will... ever done anything good in the comics? Just real talk. Ever? Not maybe I mean, one time? I, I fifty years ago, that. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I she's a character. True. She's a character that shows up as like a plot device and that's it. Yeah. I feel sorry for her. Moira McGuffin, you should call her. Moira McGuffin. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> now that's the joke oh, of the episode. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm here all week. Try the veal. <laughs> <laughs> Moira McGuffin. Moira McGuffin. Oh, I love Damn that. It. I just made the episode art. Oops. <laughs> no, that's better than what I had. I'll figure it. I'll figure okay. out a way. I'll, but I'll I mean, I, if I were reading the last three or four years of all those interconnected books that some of what I read was awesome, new status quo, change things around, Joey was right and Cyclops is right and Charles is Charles <laughs> as usual. And it all hinges on what one character might or might not do that blows it all up and starts over. I'd be real. I'd turn over tables too. Yeah. Welcome I to reading really, DC comics. <laughs> there you go. I really, yeah. really, really would. I, I, you don't understand because I, here's the thing. I am okay. If they reset some things, 
Okay. I'm okay if there are consequences and you know hubris that leads to maybe a you know a, come up a little bit of a fall. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of come up. But the other stuff that they have, the, the way that they have evolved them in this sort of giving people an opportunity to recover. Even, there's even in one of the books this week, Cain Marco is trying to win the relation, the, the respect of his brother. Wow. Um, and That's that is, cool. and it's being done with such sort of grace and, and, and just, you know, sincerity. And he's getting advice from David. <laughs> so I'm like, what is well, I don't know. I take whole- advice from him, but okay, go ahead. And still, because and why? Because he has sort of been reset by his love for blindfold. It's just so much oh, okay. going on. And I'm like, if you just undo all that and put everyone back, you know, make them all primary colors again, I will. I'm done. I will flip every cable. <laughs> I will go to Marvel. And flip every <laughs> let me let me ask you this. Because I'm, I am woefully out of date with a lot of the X Men stuff. The only thing that I've really picked up in a long time is the Marauders. Mm-hmm. So knowing that, because I'm really excited about the prospect of people finding out about the resurrection. Because I've been waiting for that ever since this whole thing started. Well, it's out there. So yeah, but like that makes me interested. Like I kind of want to jump on knowing that that's being discussed because that's a conversation that I've been looking forward to them all having uh, and being outed for. But my question is this, knowing that I haven't read all that much, am I going to be lost at this point coming into Axe Body Spray? (laughs) Um, I would just say read X-Men. Just read X-Men. Yeah, just the X-Men story right now. If you want for what's what's happened so far in AXE. Um, just okay. a minute, just a minute, because that's where it was revealed. That's where Scott revealed to Ben, um, what's his face, the reporter, Ben Yura. Uh Ben Yurik. Yes, that he's uh, that you know how he's back to life. Um, and John sort of talked about it. Was it last week or weekend before? Um, uh, and that's kind of where, uh, and and they they gave it to him. Well, they he discovered it. And then they sort of sink, sort of mind wiped him. But then they said, no, that's not right. We don't have a right to do that. So then they went back and told him what they did uh, and gave him the right. They wanted to get ahead of it. And so they gave him the story to put out there. And he put it out there in a way that was complimentary to them. But the world being what, who they are, humans being humans, they want to see what they can get. And governments being governments came around and were like, so you're going to give us this resurrection thing, right? Mm-hmm. And Emma's like, uh, no. Uh, why? <laughs> Well, because you all killed 16 million mutants and you're still killing mutants. And why would we bring you back to life? You're horrible. Get out of here. (laughs) So, so, and also it doesn't work on you, but still you're horrible. So get out of here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, that's kind of where it is. I mean, I just, I just don't want to lose the complexities that Hickman wrote into the X-Men, even if they don't continue down this path, I don't want to lose the complexities and the layers that they finally reintroduced back into the X-Men. That's all I'm saying. Man, there is some outstanding Moira McTaggart uh, art if you search into Google. Uh, no, I mean, I mean that sincerely. I'm not trying to be like there just you know, wasn't dirty or anything. It wasn't expecting that to be what you said. So. <laughs> 
No, I just I'm I'm changing the the episode oh, art yeah. now. I oh. made uh I made f- finding fiends with a choco taco, but <laughs> I'm gonna change it up. Please send me the choco taco one anyway, just for enjoyment. Here, I'll, I'll save this. I'll send it to you. Um, yeah, I think I'm gonna dive in. I think Do I want to I I want to see this this conversation unfold. I want to know what how they plan to explain themselves because. <laughs> That's a that's a pretty pretty big piece of technology to be holding on. I also like the stakes of that. If you take one of the mutants out, the whole system breaks down. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's relevant to this issue. So yeah, you want to read that? And I, you know, looking behind the curtain, Bob, check our chat. Okay. Damn it! Um, I have like three images of her that I want to use. And <laughs> I can only use one. All right, <laughs> I'll, I'll fiddle with it. Oh boy! All right, um, mistakes. Yeah, so I'd say jump on board, and you know, just X Men, just the main X Men. I think there's what thirteen issues now. Yeah, no, I have I have the majority of them. I was definitely reading. That was the one that I was reading for a while. I might be like three or four issues behind, but I can pick those up. That's no problem. Although my uh, we'll get to it later, but my friggin pull list this week is a little scary, <laughs> especially considering it's the last week of the month. I, I opened it up and it was like, whoa. Um, all right. Uh, Bob, if you would, sir. All right. The Rocketeer, the great race number four by Stephen Mooney, Leno Grady, Sean Lee brought this mini across the finish line in explosive fashion, shall we say? And in more ways mm-hmm. than one too. Classic Rocketeer adventure, all done in very high style. And speaking of style, it looks like Betty and... Look, I know people are trade wedding, so I'm not going to spoil. But it's just a lot of fun. Just uh, just tremendous fun. As with every issue so far, there's also tremendous back matter about Dave Stevens, the creator of the Rocketeer. And by the way, IDW is reprinting the complete deluxe collection of that series, as well as their artist edition, the oversized book where you get to see the artwork in gigantic style. So if you're a fan, you need to check those out because they go out of print quickly and the price goes insane. Insane. Just like Crazy crazy Eddie. Eddie. I was hoping someone would catch that. Thank you, Steve. Uh, Defenders Beyond, number one. Al Ewing, Rodriguez, Joe Caramagna was, well, just as nuts as the last time. This yeah. one begins with the last spell of Doctor Strange, contacting Adam Brashear, the Blue Marble. We haven't seen him way too long. Mm-hmm. And that, that spell instructs him to gather a team of defenders. Well, that doesn't go too well. And it gets even worse once Loki shows herself. Yes! Himself. Both. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ewing and Rodriguez, they, they just lay the groundwork here for some very high-concept stuff once again. I can hardly wait to go on another trip through the multiverse's dimensions with them. Catwoman 45, Teeny Howard, Samri Basri, Robbie Rodriguez, Vicente Cifuentes, and Jordi Belair, and Tom DiPolitano, can't forget the letter, was almost all character with very little plot, which is fine when you have a charismatic lead like Selena Kyle and a writer as talented as Teeny Howard. Lots of cameos, lots of crossovers from across the Batverse as well. Just very entertaining. Just loving what they're doing with Catwoman. It's been a long time since I've felt this way, since Joel Jones, I suppose. Shield number five, Rainbow Rowell, Luca Maresca, Rico Renzi, Joe Carmagna was also very character-driven, what with Jen and Jack 
having an almost issue-length conversation about life and other stuff, which is quite entertaining all by itself. Now, there is a new wrinkle with the introduction of two new, I think the new characters, whose relationship looks to be something worth diving into next time. Here's the thing. With the TV show on the horizon, I can hardly recommend that any new Shulky fans pick up what Ms. Rowell and her team are laying down here. Speaking of the television show, I'm advising everyone to call 1-877-SHE-HULK. Just do it. <laughs> Trust me on this one. Mm. Last but... Does it work? Yes, it does. Is it, is it real? Okay. Yes, it is real. you got to call the number. Last mm. but not least, I discovered that one of my favorite series lives on over at Webtoons. What? The, the delightfully dark rom-com Bloodstained by Linda Shayich, which hasn't seen a print volume release since 2017, posts a new episode every two weeks. <gasps> I, I've got my trades out. I have to get re-caught up and catch up on Webtoons. So thank you, Chris, for being our Webtoons maestro. Glad to help. I'm so excited about how much you've dialed in here. Yeah, that also got, uh, you start to look at stuff. I came across something, we're all big Kate Beaton fans here. Mm-hmm. And there was a, a, a little strip, it's ones, little ones, Sarah's Scribbles by Sarah Anderson. That's S-B-N yeah. Anderson. Yes. And I just really instantly grokking on it. I'll be, I'll be checking that out regularly. So again, yeah. Webtoons, who knew? Webtoons, everybody. Who knew? <laughs> That's it for me. So Defenders Defenders Beyond. Beyond. <laughs> I was just like, I don't know. First of all, I think I squeed a little bit when yeah. Blue Marvel yes. you know, appeared on the page. Because, you know, I've been mentioning him off and on for a while now. I'm like, where is he? How come we haven't seen him since Mighty Avengers? What's going on? Um. So I just I love him in any formation. Yeah. Um, I will say I'm still annoyed with the America Chavez record. The change, but yes, absolutely. Well, yeah. Well, whatever. I'm I, I'm over it. I do love um, that she immediately blamed Loki. She's like, "Thank yes. shit, it's probably you." <laughs> I was just like, "Wow, she, she, she can't she can't let it go." Young Avengers, it's <laughs> never over. So um, I was just like, "This is just once again, yeah, this weird, bizarre." I have no idea. I'm not even going to allow myself to commit to anything or anyone mm-hmm. while I'm reading this story because it'll probably all be undone in issue two or, <laughs> three or something. So I was like, I'm just going to strap in and go. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I have never been more in. This was so, <laughs> this was, it's like, it's got the squirrel girl art style going on mm-hmm. that I love so much, but then make it psychedelic. I loved it so much i am here for gender fluid loki like actually using that once in a while and to actually like, yeah. yeah right like her to show up as her and then switch to him and i hope that keeps happening that would be incredible um and they did the way that they wrote it like was very queer they were like he is now presenting as him and they like yes. transitioned yeah, that was like yeah Yes, yes, he is. It was just really well done. I don't know. I loved it. Every second of it. It was so fun. Those last few panels where it's all black and just words was very interesting. I loved it. I loved every minute of it. Yeah. So thank you, Bob. I read it because it was on your list. Oh, so. thank you much. Did you, did anyone notice how on the first page we really get the, the whole look at the Blue Marvel? 
Yeah. Dr. Fate is on that page for some reason. Yeah. In the upper left. We've got Miracle Man hanging in here. It's like, okay, we're we're leaning in now. We're going. Right. There's another panel that randomly shows Miracle Man, too. I'm like, what's happening? (laughs) I'm definitely curious. Because at one point, wait, am I thinking of the same page? I thought, was that supposed to be like all of the people that were at some point... um, Defender. No, I'm thinking of something else. No, no, it was just it was. I don't know that we had an explanation for what it was. To be no. honest, he's just he, he's right. thinking about the spell. You you've confronted yeah. cosmic presences, seen sights that would drive others mad from the knowledge. Adam's yep. been in a lot of places, a lot of universes, which includes apparently DC characters and Miracle Man and Doctor Fate. And yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? Why not? That's why right. not? I, I, I'm looking at it right now. There's, that's I completely. I saw it and then didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Those wild times. So weird. So very weird. <laughs> I so, love it. So glad it's still weird. I, you have to be yeah. concerned, but you, we all love the Mighty Avengers when Al Ewing was doing that book. Mm-hmm. And oh, yeah. that he gets to play. I don't know what Marvel's thinking. I don't care what they're thinking. Just give me this. Month yes. after yeah. month. Look, it's Galactus's mom, please. <laughs> that line was so funny. He was like, I guess now I have the number for Galactus's mom if I yeah. need it. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, it. Um, I also read, uh, because of you, Bob, all f- I went back and re- I read She-Hulk number one already when it came okay. out. And then I went back and read four, uh, two, three, four, and five. Uh, and I really just liked it a lot. I really, really enjoyed uh, reading that much Jen back to back. And I don't know. I just, I don't know anything about this Jack of Hearts, anything about him at all. Um, I know he is critical to some major storylines, but quite honestly, for what I was getting from the story, I didn't care about any of that. Yeah. Just their relationship I, I, here. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. I was just like, I'll, I'll go back in Wikipedia that some sometime later and figure it all out. I don't know, but but for now, I liked that whole. I have to get to Jen, Jen, Jen. Um, and also, it kind of, I will say, it kind of, it was, it, it was in some ways influenced by having read Fantastic Four. Oh yeah, um, everything that happened there. So yeah, there was a lot that I really enjoyed about this. Um, and I do love the, I don't know, I just really, I want a Jen thing buddy cop uh, yes. <laughs> book. I just really like that 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 relationship. Um, it was just fun for me to, to watch that. I don't know, I was just like, hmm, this is something I didn't know I ever wanted. They go back, they go but, back a long way. Like, I'll, I'll take it. Um, well, she was yeah. his replacement when he stayed behind after the Secret Wars. It was interesting how many times throughout the run it was like my former Avengers, my former Fantastic Four, my former yeah, this yeah. team. I'm like, how many how many teams was she? On? Everyone, everyone. Yeah, all of them. I'm like, all like of them. why are they why are they all former? So, but did yeah. you read Mad Fractions FF when it was out? Um, that was after Hickman. Yeah, I think I read like the first one. Okay, I don't think go I go back. You want to see some really fun stuff? Uh, Again, we, we were lucky enough to have Matt on just before that, that book came out. And the idea was the the Richards clan was going to go out space traveling. And yeah. that Reed felt, because he's Reed, that there needs to be a Fantastic Four, even if they're only gone for four seconds, because something bad could happen. 
So they each pick a replacement. Reed picks Scott Lang. Yep. Sue picks Medusa. Ben takes Jen. Johnny forgets what he's doing and basically takes Lindsay Lohan. (laughs) 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 Who puts on an old thing suit and becomes Ms. Thing. That's like, come on. I remember. Yep. I read that first issue. Ms. Thing. What? Yeah. Oh, my God. That's funny. Uh, and it's drawn by Mike Allred, so it's this 60s pop art kind of thing. It's just, just an amazing book. And if you love Jen, she's got a lot of great moments in that. And it, it's we all know what, what Charles Soule did and Dan Slott and John Byrne, certainly. But there's some great stuff that, that Fraction did there, too. Yeah, I enjoyed this. I really did enjoy this a lot. So it makes me excited to, to read some more Jen. So I did yeah. read a little bit of the Slot. I went back and read some of the Slot. Um <laughs> Story. The slot, uh, the slot storylines uh, from a while back, and really enjoyed it. So uh, we got the perv over there giggling in the background, yeah. but that's okay. <laughs> well, I'm half laughing at you, and then I'm half laughing at how long it's taking me to purchase these books on Comics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it is wild how many things i had to search for the defenders book and now i'm trying to get these x-men books and i've been at this pretty much since i went silent that's how long it's taking me um it's just it's just a a shit process uh but uh with that button press i got them all maybe (laughs) was it maybe 12 you have to tell me your thoughts on defenders when you read it yeah, I you know I almost I, I I had it on my list last show, and I hesitated at the last second because my I'm starting to get to that point in the year where stuff is piling up, especially yeah. with going to to read stuff on Webtoon that I have like eight and nine issues of stuff that I love that I just haven't gotten to yet, and yeah. it's it's getting out of hand. Fair enough. So I need to I need to start. Uh, not necessarily thinning the herd. But I need to start prioritizing uh, some of my my reading uh, and everything because I've been reading less and less lately because I've been so busy. Yeah, that uh, I need to make time for it. Damn it! Yes, well, Steve. While well, we have you about, on the line, yeah. before we swing back around, did you read Catwoman? Uh huh. I did read Catwoman. I don't have a whole lot to say about it other than that. Um, uh, well, first, I'm really enjoying the hell out of it. But second, it was really nice to get that moment of the um, the phone conversation between Selena yes. and Bruce that we talked about on the show a few times before. Um, suspicions kind of uh, thrown out the window when I thought that maybe her and, um, oh my God, character name, dude face, white bandana over the oh, eyes. What uh, the hell is yeah. his name? Why am I drawing a blank? Al- Alvaro. No, Almonte. Something like that. No, that's not it. Yes, it is. No, it isn't. Is El Monte? No, I'm looking for it. <laughs> no, that's not it. Valero? Valero? I'm looking. Uh, whatever. We'll figure Valmont, it out. Whatever. Valmont, whatever. Valmont. 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 Thank you. Um, that moment where she picks up the phone and Bruce is on yeah. the other end and they have their discussion. Um, I, I love that in comics. I love seeing moments that pop up from other issues and you get to see a different perspective of it. And I totally thought that Selena and Velmont were like, had just gotten done, you know, doing, <laughs> doing the, the gymnastics. Oh. <laughs> That's what I thought. 
Like she's she's all, you know, in her in her lingerie and whatnot. And he's coming out of the bathroom looking like he's just cleaning up. And I'm like, whoa, what's going on here? But um, that's not what it is at all. And it was like, again, that moment has just been elevated for me in taking it in a different context and, and framing it a different way and seeing how sincere their friendship has become in just the short amount of issues that we've gotten for this run. I mean, I guess it's been a couple by now, but um, yeah, like like you said, ever since the the Joelle Jones stuff, this Catwoman has been my favorite Catwoman that I've read in a very, very long time. It's been a couple of years since I've really uh, loved the main series. And it's nice to see that this creator is staying on the book uh, for as far as I know, for the for mm-hmm. the time being. And uh, yeah, it's nice when we get a, a nice long run out of somebody that has a really great handle on the character. And I've, I've loved this so far. Um, what else did I read of did yours? Read <sighs> yes. Oh my God. Um, Aaron, funnily enough, uh, Aaron said a lot of what I was going to say uh, earlier when he brought up the book, but this is easily, I caught up. I read one through five. I went all the way back to the beginning. Cause I wanted to get caught up. I thought, that this was a five issue mini. I had no idea that there was going to be more. So I went back and read it with the intention of this being the final issue and was pleasantly surprised to see that that's not the case. And I absolutely love it to the point where I think it might be one of my favorite things this year. Like it's, I love the, the art in the first, I don't know if it's the same artist for all five, but definitely the first like three issues, I'll have to look at the uh, the artist credits, but there's something going on with the art and those first few that, I mean, if, if we do our, you know, uh, breakout artists or whatever, this person will definitely be on my short list of considerations. Uh, I think it's wonderful. I really love uh, the Jack of Hearts character. I feel like maybe there's something brewing between the two of them the, the longer that he hangs out. And uh, I don't know that for sure, but it, they're very sweet toward one another. And I, I I really like stories where characters are redeemed and not having much of the context other than what I'm getting in this She-Hulk story, like not having read what happened to them in the past. I feel like I'm getting it all from this. You're getting, all you, need. You're getting all you need. That's, yeah. that's what, I, what I would say. I don't, it's written in a way that I don't feel like I'm missing out. And that's hard to do, especially with characters that have such a legacy to them. Someone like She-Hulk, you know, and how much she's been through in, in her career as a comic book character. But again, I don't feel like I'm missing out on anything. I I think what they have together is really special. And I, I don't know. I like the idea of someone that maybe took so much from her at one point in her life, them waking up, basically coming back from the dead with their only memory or mission being to find that person and to make good with them. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it's very sweet. It's got a really sweet undertones to the way that they are, helping one another, her trying to help him solve the mystery of his disappearance and his, you know, resurrection and whatnot and her starting, you know, another new life for herself. I've lost count of how many times I've come into a She-Hulk book with her looking to start over. It's, 
Each it's new a creative team, and the, look, it depends what they want to do with this. This Rainbow Roll has really gotten to the heart of Jennifer Walters for me. It's been very easy to deconstruct this character over the last number of years, which flew yeah. in the face of what made the character work when people pulled it away from that. Roger Stern and John Byrne, certainly in that moment. And here we're back to mm -hmm. a, look, she's not just a fun loving, ha ha, I do what I want. There, there's a depth to this, but there's also a forward momentum. I can do this. She is definitely confident. If, if she still has doubts, but she's confident in what she can do, who she can be for other people as well as herself. And that's refreshing coming from where we've been in various other books lately, including the mainstream Avengers, where it was, you know, World War Hulk and Hulk smash. And that, right? mm -hmm. really, that's just not who this character is when it works to the best. Yeah, I think Rainbow Rowell really does mm. the research mm. for characters that they get a handle on because mm -hmm. the Runaways run yeah. that she did, like I, I, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I think it's better than the original. Wow. I think yeah. both of them are amazing and have their place, but I think it is expertly done and has, has elevated those characters in ways that I would never have expected when that started. Like I was very skeptical of somebody taking one of my favorite teams and that run being so sacred to me, especially in the early days of talking comics, mm -hmm. be like, you know, what are you going to do with my team? And then it kept going and I was just like, this is incredible. This yeah. is absolutely just so rewarding at every turn, the, the character chemistry and the dynamic of found family and them as friends and oh God, the relationship drama was yeah. so good. Ugh. It was so good. If you haven't already, you on the podcast and all listeners out there read her Simon Snow books. I need you all to go do that because she basically took the idea of Harry Potter and like twisted everything that's wrong with it and made it so gay. It's amazing. <laughs> Is this the um, wayward son yeah, carry on? Carry on wayward one? son. And as the wind blows, yes, they are. Okay. It literally picks up. And when you start reading it, it feels like you're reading the eighth book in a Harry Potter like series, but then you get into it and it inverts all of the tropes and it questions the ideas. And again, everyone is super gay. So in this world where J.K. Rowling is a super big turf, it was really nice to have this book. Yeah. <laughs> God, she's the worst. She's literally so bad. It's amazing. She's like a Captain Planet Ugh. villain. I don't understand. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm not wrong. Okay. <laughs> uh, Chris, did you actually, did you read The Rocketeer? I I started, that's why I, I took okay. my name back off because I didn't oh, get through okay. all four. It, I'm thinking... I've never read The Rocketeer. I was doing it because it was on your list. Oh. Um, and I, I think it may be not a great place to jump in because I had no idea no. what was going on. Yes. <laughs> I was like, it has a one on it. I'll be fine. I read the first one. And I was like, I was not fine. Don't know what's happening. Who, who are these people? You could, <laughs> who are you these could, people? Why are they like this? <laughs> you could watch the movie and get a quick update or, okay. or, or read those. There aren't all that many Dave Stevens Rocketeer books. Those are the ones okay. to read. And if you can find those at, the, at a reasonable price or online cheaply. Yeah. Um, he, he was a very particular creator in, in the yeah. way he did artwork. He was very retro. He found, yeah. he found a way to draw things that were Norman Rockwell, but hmm. pushed, pushed through a cheesecake lens. 
but wow. never in a, never in a way that was offensive. And, and as as they point out in the background, I've, I've spoken about this on the show. Um, Cliff's girlfriend Betty is mm. drawn like Betty Page because he right. Well, at a certain point back in the nineties, Dave Stevens mm. found the real Betty Page alive. Oh. And made friends with her, made sure she got paid for the work he did, and oh, wow. con- contacted other people who were making shot glasses and lighters and posters and got everyone to pony up. And Betty oh, wow. had a last act that actually got her paid. He reintroduced, reintroduced her to Hugh Hefner, who got her even better representation. Hmm. So this woman who had a really tough life for a very long time because of Dave Stevens... And his yeah. love for what she looked like turned it into something special. Wow. Huh. Yeah. Okay. I might have to dive back in after I've read something else about the character. Yes. <laughs> so I might I might do that. Uh, I was – I like old – like golden age movies. And it definitely mm-hmm. has that kind of like His Gal Friday language yes. to it. Would you? I obviously didn't get far. Would you say that it is more feminist though? Because some of the like dame and broad stuff was bouncing off me a little bit, but I didn't get very far in. Um, so. S- Stephen Mooney ha- is he uses some language here and there that I early on in this run I, yeah. I became a little bit. Oh wait a minute, no he, yeah. he it's 1939. He's using the term Ms. No, huh. it came around before that, but it was not used until the sixties it's you can't you can't kind of go there and he used a couple of other things like oh this is anachronistic mr mooney i think you're much younger than i am so i'll just (laughs) go with that but they are trying very hard for that hard-boiled yeah uh, and and that's great i i mean but he's done better in his book half past danger than he did here at some of that uh yeah stevens who is older I think he had the balance of it right. And okay. he, again, Dave Stevens, oh boy. Steve and I went into this years and years ago when we first started. Yeah. Um, there's a difference between sexy and sexualized. Yeah, absolutely. Dave Stevens, Dave Stevens could draw Catwoman in the all together and have mm-hmm. her be less sexualized than the bad girl art of the 90s. Right. Of people in the broke back poses and the rest of it, because Dave Stevens, these these women he was drawing were subjects, not objects. That's really cool. Okay. You've convinced me. I will dive back in. Okay. <laughs> no no one drew, okay. no one drew more beautiful women than Dave Stevens. And Aww. they they also though had agency. His yeah. Betty is his Betty has got some steel in her spine. I'll just leave okay. it that way. Okay. I'll dive back in. I'll report back. Okay. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of diving in, <laughs> we are going to dive into some new news. News, 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 news. Now, there is a tremendous, tremendous amount of news this week. Yeah. So, rather than go around the table for every waking thing, <laughs> Uh, I'm kind of going to do a, hey, does anyone want to jump in instead of doing everyone individually? That works. So if you want to contribute to some of these stories, feel free. But 
Uh, I think the first thing that we'll do is we'll talk about the 2022 Eisner Award winners. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Apparently, I have to check out this Monsters book by Barry Windsor Smith because this won a couple of categories. But um, as we usually do, we're going to go through a few of the categories, not all of them. But uh, a blanket congratulations to all of the nominees Mm -hmm. and all of the winners. Uh, You are all amazing. And thank you for your hard work and creativity. Best single issue or one shot. There there was never a doubt. Wonder Woman Historia, the Amazons, number one by Kelly Sue DeConnick and Phil Jimenez. Like, oh, yeah. No brainer. Absolutely no brainer. Uh, very cool that Nightwing 87 yeah. and Marvel's Voices Identity number one were in this as well. Yeah. Nightwing shows up a few times on this list. Yeah. Um, there was evidently a tie for best continuing series, and the tie was between Bitter Root and Something is Killing the Children. Mm-hmm. It's very cool. Why does it seem like um, we are the Golden Globes? We are the harbinger of the Oscars. Because we <laughs> yes. had a lot of these books exactly. in our list. Uh, best limited series, the winner was The Good Asian, uh, alongside books like The Many Deaths of Laval Star, Stray Dogs. Shout out to Stray Dogs. Talking about that every week was a lot of fun for a while. Uh, Beta Ray Bill and Supergirl Woman of Tomorrow, Bob's favorite book of the book year. Of the year. <laughs> uh, best new series, I'm just going to say right now, what, what? Nice House on the Lake. Yeah. Told you. Um, it was up against the human target, not all robots, radiant black and ultra mega that John talked about on the show. Uh, congratulations to nice house on the lake. Uh, Chibi Usagi yeah. attack of the Hebe Chibis <laughs> is just an amazing title. Oh my God. I love some sailor moon action up in here. Got best publication for early readers up to age eight. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. Uh, best publication for kids ages 9 to 12 is uh, the Salt Magic Salt by Magic. Hope Larson and Rebecca Mock, which I actually have on my yeah. shelf right next to me yeah. that I have not read yet. I reviewed right it there. for Talking Comics. I love this one. You were part of the reason why I went on Yeah, it. this one's so good. I, I've loved Hope Larson forever. It's good to see her getting some recognition because she's been a smaller writer for a long time. Yeah, for sure. Uh, best humor publication uh, went to Not All Robots from Mark Russell and Mike Diodato Jr. Uh, another one in that category was Bubble, which I've had for probably ever and I still haven't read it because I'm the worst. Let's see. What else do we have here? Uh, uh, best reality-based work. We have The Black Panther Party, A Graphic History by David F. Walker and Marcus Kwame Anderson. Uh, from 10 Speed Press. That's very cool. Run, uh, book one, uh, one best, best graphic memoir, which is incredible. Uh, let's see what else. Oh, that, there's that Monsters book, best graphic album. Uh, scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Do, 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 do. If anybody sees anything else that they want to point out, just let me know. Um, James Tynan ended up getting Yay. best writer. Yeah, Barry Windsor Smith got best writer artist. For again for monsters, uh, best penciler, inker, or penciler, inker team. Phil Jimenez uh, for Wonder Woman Historia. Again, no surprises there. That book is just. A by, the, by the way, have you seen the the previews for the third one? 
which is due for yes, October. Yes, October 25th, I Nicola think. Scott. Her Hera is yep. incredible. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that uh, during Comic-Con. I freaked out yep. a little bit. Mm. I was like, oh, my God. Uh, Sana Takeda for Monster, Monstrous got Best Painter, Multimedia Artist. Uh, Jen Bartel got Best Cover yep. Artist. Yeah. Very cool. Uh, Matt Wilson got Best Colorist. Best Letters went to Barry Windsor-Smith again for Monsters. Going to have to pick that up. Uh, All the Marvels won for Best Comics-Related Book. Yes, yes. It's very cool. Uh, Laura Olympus. Laura Olympus! But Laura Olympus won, but beat Batman Wayne Family Adventures. How do you feel about that? I feel so conflicted. (laughs) (laughs) It's like one of my children beat the other one. I, I don't know how to feel. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I'm really proud of you. Also, your brother did great too. <laughs> no, those are both great comics. I really love all of them. I haven't read any of the others that are on here, so I need to add them. Yeah, Isle of Elsie, Unmasked, and Navalera. Navalera. Like a butterfly. Hmm. Um, and then the last uh, last category that I'll read here. Best digital comic went to Snow Angels, which I've read and is very good by Jeff Lemire and Jacques. Mm. It's very, it's it's cool. It's like a um, post apocalyptic, like winter wasteland survival story. Yeah. Um, it was a comicsology original, I believe. I uh, I liked it. Okay. Yeah. So uh, again, congratulations to all the nominees and to all of the winners. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Um, This is a cool little story that we threw in here. Yeah. Uh, Chris, I know that you you read this too. Uh, It's called, it's coming from the New York Times. It's called Comics That Read Top to Bottom Are Bringing in New Readers, if you want to go and check it out. And it's basically about the explosion of web comics and how the accessibility Mm. and method of reading is really gelling with a lot of people mm-hmm. uh, and it's, it's broadening yeah. the readership overall of comics. Yeah, absolutely. There's a quote in here that I wanted to um, get, which was we wanted to get rid of gatekeepers. The readers really directed the content direction we were talking about. What organically popped up was very young women, very female centric readership. And that is reflected in our creator base too. talking about webtoons. And that's hundred percent true. Like the article goes into more women are reading webtoons, more queer people are reading webtoons, more people of color are re- reading and creating webtoons than in the general publication world, um, how it has created this accessible place that doesn't have the gatekeeping aspect of traditional comics. So take that comics gate. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, this is just, you know, amazing all around, you know, Webtoon, as you, as you've pointed out to me, has been around for a long time. Yeah. Longer, longer than I had, uh, than I had imagined. And I mean, the vast majority of things that I run into on that platform do center around, you know, those demographics. Mm-hmm. And it's just such a wonderful outlet yeah. for that sort of thing that when you need it, it's there and there's so much of it. And it is a, I mean, to my knowledge, I don't really follow a lot of the the creators. I follow them on like Instagram for mm-hmm. art updates and stuff like that. Yeah. But they're, to, in my experience, there hasn't been any toxicity no. 
within the webtoon world. Like any time that I've looked at posts or read comments down at the bottom of each episode, it's yeah filtered in a way that all the positivity rises to the top. Yeah. It's such a different experience, right? Like sometimes I know I will sometimes feel like I've curated my Twitter quite a lot lately, but you know, early days of like comics Twitter, it would feel like, do any of you actually like comics? Like just out of curiosity, because all the negativity that would constantly be there. And you just don't get that on webtoons. People here actually love comics. You know what I mean? And to your point, it is the eighth anniversary of webtoons this week. So that's how old it is. Wow. Yeah. Damn. Even in the publishing world, they've discovered over the last couple of years that not non-traditional comic book outlets, meaning the not local yeah. comic shops, are doing so well with other sorts of books, other sorts of trades yeah. and original graphic novels by different creators, by new people of color and gender and identity and everything else. Yeah, because in a bookstore, it's a whole different vibe than who can win the Hulk or Thor in a fight when you walk into <laughs> some of these stores, which, which is still right. going on. And that's that's that there's an entire website devoted to all this. Yeah, change changes the game completely. Oh, absolutely. And look at the numbers when when you when I, I've only gone over a couple of times, but now because of what we're going to talk about this week. Yeah. You look at the readership of some of these strips, episodes. Yeah. And at, at the bottom level, they're still in the four high four and five figures. That is more than most comics are selling now. Yeah. And granted, Absolutely. it's free, but the, the investment in time that people have to put in to read through 50 or 60 or 70 episodes. Mm-hmm. People are loving what they're seeing, and that should—you'd like to think that publishers would start to see that too. Yeah, I hope so. And you know, the article even goes into that. You know, while it's uh, while it's free, they're making bank off of these. Like they get money from people buying the advanced passes. You know, Bronwyn mm-hmm. and I have spent—I don't know how much—on getting <laughs> to read past the fast passes on all of these and. From ads and stuff like they they're still making a lot of money off them that's why dc Mar- and marvel are like jumping on this train now yeah she uh used the fast pass stuff for everything is fine <laughs> you know last night i haven't done and it she, yet she pulled a me when i was reading do a power bomb because uh, all of a sudden she was like whoa oh, i was no. like what and she's like everything is fine and i'm like is paywall? She's like, I'm past the paywall. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep, exactly. I'm going to have to do that too. <laughs> oh, oh, it's delightful. I got, I got to get back to let's play. I got to yeah. get my, my, my saucy video game drama. Yes. Do it. They All shouted right, let's... out. Let's play in this article, by the way. I saw that. Did they? Yeah, I they might, did. might have glossed over that part. Um, All right. Again, tons of stories. Let's move on. Lots of stuff. Um, did I not put a link for this one? Oh, we don't need a link for this. Um, and super quick, I'm not going to harp on it uh, for too long. Mm-hmm. Maybe Chris will. But, <laughs> What's um, me? I love Snyder. So it's come out <laughs> after doing some digging that the Oscar campaign to uh, nominate and for the Snyderverse uh, Justice League to win the fan-oriented uh, Oscar 
was mostly fueled by bots. Shocking because of surprise. Oh my god! Yeah. Um, I mean, you know, obviously, no shade to anyone who enjoys the movie or genuinely voted for it for that category. You do have to admit, though, that there is a certain toxicity that comes part and parcel with the Snyderverse sometimes. Uh, uh-huh. And it's interesting that this is where we're at with this, that I wonder if they do this next year. Oh, it's going to be Morbius next year. Morbin time. <laughs> you can't tell me that that's not in the works already. <laughs> oh, I want that. I, now I want that. I want Morbius to win the Oscar so bad. We can vote for that. We can all vote for it. We'll make a campaign. Yeah. Oh my God. I'll make a campaign. I've never seen it and I never will, but I'll make the campaign. <laughs> Morbin to the Oscars. Morbin all the way to the Oscars. Oh my God. What? Holy he, crap. Favorite... He has a whole cult to vote for him. Yeah. So My favorite scary part of this story is apparently there was also a campaign to knock down the ratings of Godzilla versus Kong because it came out the same time as Justice League. That's mm. like, oh, that's yeah. nice. Thank you. It's your own, it's your own parent company there chief Maybe <laughs> back away a little yeah. bit i yeah god and and you know steve's being nice and being like there's a little toxicity we did an entire episode about the toxicity in the fandom <laughs> and we had on one of the inner like one of the reporters that gets death threats on a regular basis oh, from them man. there is not a little bit of toxicity in the snyder fandom it is mostly toxic and a tiny bit of people that are okay <laughs> it's not the other way around <laughs> I'm trying to be diplomatic. I said over it. Here. I'm not. I'm not. People know no, my you, feelings. By all means, I do not speak for talking comics, but I do speak for Go, and we hated him over there. So. <laughs> <laughs> I. I mean, I. I feel. Uh, I don't know that I should get into it. I have such a weird relationship with that stuff, mostly because of work and yeah, deal dealing with it all the time, and like having to write stories about it. Uh, not necessarily have opinions about it because the job doesn't really call for that. I sneak them in every now and again, but yeah, um, I'm so used to, I think, trying to remain neutral mm. because of because of the job that when it comes time to actually bring the hammer down on yeah. some of this bullshit, I don't necessarily go there. And I'm also trying not yeah. to like alienate some people that might be listening that love the movie or whatever it's not about it's not about people that love the movie it's about the specific fandom you can love something and not be a part of the fandom many of us have done it because there are plenty of toxic fandoms for good things out there i also trust our listeners to know that those are my intentions and that's what i mean i think that that you know also, yeah. also, Steve, I don't, I don't mind. I'll show up here and be your muscle if you need me to be. I'll smack down for you. You say the diplomatic awesome. thing, I will smack down. Because the only time Go has ever received truly toxic comments was when we talked about y'all being toxic. So <laughs> explain to me how that proves me wrong. <laughs> I just, between, between the Snyderverse stuff getting outed, the Kid Rock people throwing a fit when he couldn't play his show. Did you see that? No, No, but it's not surprising. Oh man. Oh man. Um, I, you know, like there's a, 
There's a there's a pattern. That's all I'm saying. There's a pattern. There's a, there's a trend. There's an amazing TikTok, which I will share with all of you who want to see it, about somebody commenting on this kind of thing. And it's a it's a skit at a Comic-Con and every fan that comes out uh, is like horribly misogynistic and saying racist things. And they walk away and the creators are like, is there something wrong with our show? <laughs> anyway, I'm just saying, reflect, Snyder. Reflect on the people you're attracting. Did, did you, do you know have... Simon Pegg was saying this week? Oh, no. About the various what? fandoms? What was he saying? Um, I that... love Simon Pegg. Please say it's not bad. <laughs> uh, he, they were talking about the various uh, sci-fi fandoms. He's in oh, a number yeah. of, a number of oh, yeah. uh, franchises. Yeah. And it went right now, uh, the Star Wars fandom is really toxic. There's a yes. whole undercurrent to it. Yeah. He, he, caught some, he caught some grief and then tried to explain it by saying it was a long interview that, you know, Star yeah. Trek was about diversity in 1966. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like they really, it may have been ham-fisted, but they were trying. Yeah. And they try no, to put some of it into Star Wars and people lose their crap. Oh, absolutely. The Star Wars, we have a longstanding debate over on Go. Our our kind of like sister podcast is Pink Milk, the Star Wars podcast. And we have this like longstanding debate <laughs> that started over a rivalry between which of us has the more toxic fandom. <laughs> so, um, is it Batman or is it? And we have yet to decide. It's undecided. <laughs> And the same thing is within the toxic fandoms, there are tons of people yeah. who are in it for all the right reasons. Sure. And th- but they're they not, I think they're not in those fandoms, right? They're gatekept out of those fandoms. Oh, maybe. They get to create their own fandoms because, you know, Star Wars and DC do not have one fandom. That's what the Webtoons article talks about, right? Like yeah. there's multiple fandoms and there are multiple pathways in because of the gatekeeping. Because people were like, okay, you can gatekeep us out. We'll make our own community. We'll find our way around. Absolutely. Yeah. Chris, hmm. do you have a new Twitter that is a pen name? I do. Oh, should I talk about that or should I wait till the end of the show? <laughs> uh, maybe wait till the end of the show, but I just found it. Yeah. And I just followed you. Thank you. It's me. Okay. I wanted to make sure because I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. Do I, is, do I have a doppelganger out there? No, it's me. All right. I know part of the name. I don't know the full name. Yeah. So maybe you can talk about that. I'll talk that. about it at the end of the show. All right, cool. Yeah. Cool. How random is that that I just saw that? Yeah. All right. Uh a quick a quick little follow-up to the Snyderverse stuff. Um Jim Lee was asked if DC and Warner have any interest in continuing the mm-hmm. Snyderverse, and Jim Lee said they have a no plan. Woohoo! <laughs> so and I'll also throw I'll also throw in there that uh Henry Cavill was rumored to be showing up at the Warner Brothers panel Hall H to announce his return as Superman for whatever project and that did not come to pass. <laughs> the tweets about it were excellent. Everybody retweeting yeah. their tweets from the day before that were like, I bet he's coming out today, and then they retweeted and went, he didn't. <laughs> it was choice. <laughs> He is happy over playing Dungeons and Dragons and Witcher. That's all he yeah. wants. Look, I I like me some Henry Cavill oh, yeah. Superman. I got no problem with him coming back as Superman. Eh. I just kind of delight in the idea that people actually believe that this was going to come to pass. I like Henry Cavill and I like Superman. And I my case rests. <laughs> 
I saw him at a con here and he came out and said all the right things about the character, what it meant to him yeah. and how he should play it. Yes. And he was never given the opportunity except for little bits yeah. and pieces to actually play a Superman that we could recognize. Yeah, I agree. I think he I think he has it in him to really do that character yeah. justice yeah. given given the right material. Yeah, that's fair. But I also kind of I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm just of the mindset like let's start over, y'all. Like we have a good Wonder Woman and Aquaman, but let's maybe start everything else over. <laughs> let's try again. Yeah. Actually, I push back on that. I don't need them to start that over again. Try something different. That's true. Go they into another corner tell- of the universe. There's there's so many other characters. I mean, they keep trying to figure out what's going to click and kick, you know, and, and sort of yeah. branch them out into. A new level of well, to, to go full circle, fandom, and yeah. you're not going to do that if you keep giving them the same thing, just with different coloring, different directors, et cetera, et cetera. And we've had this conversation on the but, show uh, because of the before. characters that got them renewed attention and energy, Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and Shazam. I mean, we're going to yeah, talk about true. Shazam in a minute. Yes. I love Shazam. You know, you're you're right, Aaron. I don't think I necessarily meant let's do another Justice League. I just meant maybe if we're going to have those characters, don't use anything from Snyder. Let's. Yeah, I really just want to nuke it. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Whatever happened to the Tanahisi Coates Superman they were supposed to be doing? Uh, I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it in a, a long, long time. time. Yeah. Well, speaking about not hearing anything, we'll talk about DC more a little bit later. <laughs> um, let's move on, actually, to because we we got tons of stories. Um, Aaron, why don't you tell us about this next one? So essentially, you know, you all know how much I love me some milestone and some static shock stuff. Yes. yes. And so, first of all, I was gobsmacked by the artwork here. But long story short, Virgil yeah. is getting a new outfit, uh, a new look. Let's just say his his casual superheroing look. Oh. You know, leaning into Earth tones. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and uh, you know a more all weather look. Um, I actually really like oh, it. It, it, it. It does pay homage to you know, as it says here in the article, to it's some of the '90s costume design. Um, but I'll be honest, I'm going to go back a little bit. This article, where it has some of the other artwork associated with his costumes, previous costumes, I want every one of those on my wall somewhere. Yeah, I'm just saying. They're that, great. This first image, yeah, yeah like with all the is, kind of electricity and light coming up from the bottom, and the hair, that time. yeah, the hair blowing around. This um, this image is just I'm, amazing. I'm actually going to save this. I want it all. Um, first of all, I was super excited about the fact that he's coming back. You know, for season two, which we kind of knew we would, but I, I really just wanted to. I wanted to see a sign on the dotted line. Um, I like this this outfit. I like this costume. I, I am perfectly fine with it. I'm curious to see how it plays out on the page. Um, I do like it because what I think, as you can see from some of the other work that were uh, some of the other photos there, they really like to play into the fluidity of this character, um, vi- like physically, like in, like gliding through the air and all that stuff, and the angles and all that stuff. And I just I look at this outfit and I'm like, oh yeah, there's going to be quite a few sort of jacket, cape, sort of hood, flowing, you know, fluid sort of look about it. And I I really love it. I also really like the idea of recognizing, unlike Saturday morning cartoons in the '80s, characters can change clothes. 
<laughs> yes. So, you know, you don't, Shaggy doesn't have to wear the same outfit every day. But I'm um, just saying. Um, I actually like that. I, I, I really like this costume. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm all on board. Um, was this, it goes on to talk about, sorry, I'm going to cough. <clears throat> it says here, I'm not going to read the whole article. DC also unveiled the first look at the static up all night, a new young adult graphic novel written by uh, Lamar Giles. Not so pure and simple with art by Paris. I'm not going to, I'm going to screw this up. Elaine, I think, uh, basically releasing in June of 2023. Um, the synopsis for static up all night reads. Virgil Hawkins has just gone through a bad breakup. He can't get over his ex. So his best friend, Richie has an idea for how to distract him. Uh, attend the music festival in their city of Dakota. But wouldn't you know it, his ex is in attendance, and that's just the beginning of his troubles. In this, I, know, I always love when someone puts, in this madcap story of one night, a series of encounters and events leads to an adventure involving supervillains, a diner, a reluctant rapper, and a size-changing kleptomaniac, uh, as well as Virgil's frequent bad decision-making. So there you have it. Get excited. Get excited for the story. Get excited for the outfit. Get excited for it all. Static. <laughs> Make some noise for the dress. There you go. I'm excited for this outfit. I think this looks really cool. I like the inclusion of the backpack. And um, I'm really looking forward to actually seeing it with the hood up. Yep. I think it'll look yeah. really neat when he's like on the rooftops flying around. I want to see Chris Cross get a hold of that that outfit. Because just the way yeah. they've been drawing his art in the past. I was just, I, yeah. I'm on board. This is good. I mean that 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 new story uh, from Vita was fantastic. Mm-hmm. So it's really cool that they're continuing this. Yes, milestone. Fantastic. Milestone All right. So good. Uh, it's going to be a while though, right? Or not that long? Uh, what does it say here? Twenty twenty? No, it doesn't say. Hmm. Well, no, no, we don't get a date. No, we don't get a date. Well, it's you know what? It's happening. That's all we need to know. <laughs> uh, so. Keanu Reeves. Yeah. <laughs> Talk about Keanu Reeves for a second. Anytime. I feel I feel kind of bad for Keanu Reeves in a way. I think that Keanu Reeves' San Diego Comic-Con started a little rough and then maybe it got better. So I don't know how many people know this, but uh, one of the trailers that was revealed at San Diego Comic-Con this past weekend was the John Wick 4 trailer. And unfortunately, this happened at a uh, panel uh, in Hall H that was sponsored by Collider called Directing on Directors or Directors on Directing or something like that. Um, They did not bill this as him being there. Uh, I think if they had called it the Lionsgate panel, they might have been able to sell this harder. The place was a ghost town for this it was my boss was there in hall h and sent me a photo from his phone of the crowd i it was there was barely anybody there i don't know what happened i don't know what happened in promotion or what but nobody was there and keanu did show up and was all excited to talk about john wick and it was empty 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 so yeah that was really i I genuinely i really felt bad that um you know we have friends over at collider that um it just sounds like there was maybe some wires that didn't get crossed correctly and yeah 
it wound up not being promoted the way that it should, or maybe the titling was wrong uh, or, or whatever scheduling conflicts, but whatever it was, the John Wick four trailer came out and surprise. It's amazing. And I can't wait to see that movie. But in addition, when his weekend got better, Keanu Reeves was also there to talk about Berserker. Yes. One of his projects is getting a two-season anime adaptation. I'm so excited. And he, he is going to be voicing the character, of course. Yes. Okay, you seem really excited about this. <laughs> I am. I have to admit, I read one issue of Berserker, and not that I didn't want to go back, but I I haven't gone back yet. But you sound really excited about this, and I'd like to know why. Uh, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> well, I mean, no, yes. that's why. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. I'm sorry if I misled you with my excitement, but you can tell me Keanu Reeves was going to re- like do anything, and I'll be excited. I love him. <laughs> like my whole life, I've loved him, and I'm just so down for his like current era right now is amazing. So yeah, I'm excited. The uh, what'd you say? What's that? What role will he play in the? I'm sorry, I know it's it's his story, but is he going to be a voice actor here or something like? That? I I didn't read that whole article. Uh yeah, okay, yeah, That's what he's the lead, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the like the immortal hero of the story. So, like I said, I only read the one issue. I didn't dislike it. I just I it was one of those things where we knew that it was a volume because they they were doing the whole Kickstarter thing for it. Yeah, it's something that I want to read, it like a finished volume, and then be looking forward to however it continues. Yeah, but it's very cool that this is this is going to be uh, going to Netflix. Yes, which is interesting considering that it's an animated property. Uh, I'm sure having Keanu Reeves's name on it. Mm helped plenty because they are very skittish about green lighting anything animated yeah uh now that they're in the toilet they've lost even more subscribe they lost like nine hundred and seventy thousand more subscriptions well maybe they shouldn't cancel uh, all the good shows they have then or cancel the sharing of passwords Mm -hmm. no no they're gonna make you pay yeah they're gonna make you pay for it no they really are like i know someone else is on your your account I'm going to quickly lose my ability to have Netflix. I get it. I love this quote. Who doesn't love punching someone through the chest? (laughs) Yes. Question mark, exclamation point. I'm I'm genuinely excited for this. It looks fun. It wasn't just a story about violence, but there are so many layers. Mm -hmm. It felt so epic. Um. So yeah, they uh, so they're adapting Booms Berserker with Keanu Reeves and Matt Kent and Ron uh, Ron Garney. Yeah. And Bill Crabtree and everything, and um, this is cool. Yeah, this is really cool. I'm I'm down to watch this 110. percent Yep. Uh, or as they say on the Thirsty on Tune podcast, 1,000 percent. Yes. <laughs> All the time. Well, maybe that is that is definitely on your bingo card it's- for that podcast. <laughs> Did you hear Brown and I talking about making a bingo card? Because we really are doing it. <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> we are. <laughs> That we should make we should make talking comics and uh, thirsty on tune bingo cards. Yes, I love that idea. Oh my god! Uh, all right, you know what? Oh man, we should I should mock one up, and people can print them out at home yeah. and then listen to the show. And if you <laughs> yeah. get a bingo, you should contact us and you get a prize. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Amazing. All right, 
Um, Bob, you'll be particularly interested in this next story. Marvel is teasing that the Fantastic Four will relaunch with an unnamed creative team in November. But you have an idea. Did you see the image that they posted with their little article? The The compass? compass. I did. Uh, what, do, what do we think about why? <gasps> oh, why wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait! I got it! I got it! Ryan North. I got. I know what you're going to say. North. Yes. Oh my that god! That would be incredible. Oh my god! Oh my god! Now there is a Marvel artist named Matthew Southworth. I mean, I'm certainly reaching <laughs> at this point, but I, but I'm I'm going Ryan North. That would be Holy incredible. Holy shit. If that turns out, you know what? If that doesn't turn out to be I'm true, gonna be I'm going to be so upset. Yeah, exactly. Right. But if, if okay, let's just, let's run with this for a second. So if North is pointing, it says writer above the end, yeah. and then South is the artist. Matthew Southworth. Any idea? <laughs> Oh, We've man. got an artist with the name South in his name who's done some Spidey and Daredevil, and it's the only artist I could find with the South in his name. So I'm sorry, I'm reaching, but he has worked for Marvel. If this, but Ryan North, if, if this turns out, oh my God, Ryan North writing Fantastic Four would be so amazing. <sighs> um, you know what? No, I'm not even going to mention it because then we'll we'll go off for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> we never do that. No, but no, it was aimed, it was that was actually aimed at you. So um I was gonna mention Squirrel Girl. <laughs> I knew, I knew in my heart. <laughs> okay. Um Marvel's What If uh season two is announced for early 2023, uh, alongside a confirmation that we'll be getting a third season of Marvel's What If. That is the animated anthology from Disney Plus, if you didn't know. Uh, it's cool. More, more Marvel stories the merrier is what they say down at the schoolyard. <laughs> is it? it, it including no. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Olsen coming back to do Wanda for an episode. Yeah. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Um, there is an IGN article here that is just... Announcement after announcement after announcement. I don't know how many of these we're going to go through. Um, there's some stuff about the new Gotham Knights game that's coming out in October. Not to be mistaken uh, with the show Gotham Knights that's also coming out. <laughs> yeah. I'm very excited to play Gotham Knights. I know that some people are kind of already hating on it because that's what we do nowadays, but mm-hmm. also because it's the studio that did, I guess, Arkham Origins which didn't exactly go like wildfire when that came out, especially after the success of the other Arkham games. But, um, you know, like haven't played it yet. Definitely looking forward to playing a game where you don't play as Batman, but you play as the Bat family. Yeah. Uh, You know, if it ends up being, if it ends up having like a good net code and good online uh, teaming up with people. Maybe I could actually get Joey to play a video game with me. Oh nice. <laughs> if I can be Damien, I'll jump on your team. <laughs> I think you can. I think, I think he's well, in it. Maybe I will jump on your team. <laughs> I can remember that. What is that? I have no idea. Did anyone else hear Jarvis? What is this Brit- British man all of a sudden? That Jarvis, was my iPad. Apparently, someone said something so loud in my mic that it set off the Siri on my iPad. <laughs> 
I'm not even kidding. I'm like, it, first of all, I almost crapped myself because I'm like, who's this English guy now? <laughs> it, <laughs> Suddenly there's just this very polite British man in your house yelling at you. It did seem like you so had Jarvis like, pop up for yeah. a second there. <laughs> I was like, what the heck? Something someone said came through my headphones. It was loud enough for Siri to pick it up. It was like, That's I do not understand that. funny. Amazing. Um, Let's see. There was tons of Walking Dead news. Basically, they're going to be launching the final episodes of the main series. But of course, they also announced that there's going to be a Grimes and Michonne series. I think a limited series that's coming out as well uh, with, of course, those actors reprising their roles. uh, Denai Gurira and uh, Andrew Lincoln as Rick Grimes. Uh, Street Fighter 6 is not relevant to comics, but is relevant to me. <laughs> uh, Avatar Studios is announced a couple of things for their uh, Angaverse, their Airbenderverse yes. that they got coming. Yeah, hell yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, the first movie will be focusing on Ang. Uh, there's going to be like a, a team-based movie. I think there's something coming out with uh cora and one of the other like the hmm. villain character or something i'm sorry i don't have the that yeah. there's so many stories in here i don't have that one in front of me um but avatar the last airbender is coming back in a big big way over the Ooh. next couple of years and i am all for it one thousand percent i <laughs> love airbender so i wondered much. if anyone was gonna catch it <laughs> <laughs> Um, House of the Dragon stuff came out. People are, I guess, cautiously optimistic, mildly excited for this <laughs> uh, thing. I don't know. It's, you know, it it sucks that the end of Game of Thrones was so unsatisfactory for so many people that this kind of has a some stink lines coming off of it already, even though it hasn't come out yet. Uh, it's a shame. You know, whatever. It's, uh, I don't know, we'll say. Uh, Lord of the Rings looks absolutely yeah! amazing. The new Amazon series. Oh my God, yeah. That's coming out. It looks incredible. <sighs> they dropped a, a new trailer that just makes this thing look so damn majestic. I know. Uh, I'm, I'm really like September 2nd, that starts. I'm all there for yep, that. Yep, 1000%. Yes. Um, Marvel teases Massive Avengers finale and Jonathan Hickman's next series. So there's do, they're doing a grand finale to Jason Aaron's Avengers saga uh, with the next big project for House of X. Sorry, House of Thames. Jonathan Hickman uh, is going to be doing something. The former <laughs> will enter its final phase, Avengers Assemble, in November 2022. And the latter appears to be delving into the cosmic side of things. Wow. Hickman going cosmic. Who to thunk it? <laughs> I was like, didn't this happen like... Twice already. <laughs> Deja vu. Yeah, seriously. Um, all right. What else do we got here? This is um, – all right. So this is kind of the big mm-hmm. stuff. Teen Wolf is this getting is... more stuff. Okay, I'm done. Yes. Teen Wolf. <laughs> I'm happy. <laughs> now you can move on. Yeah. As you should be. <laughs> Except that movie sounds like it's going to be trash. But anyway, I'm still excited. <laughs> so Marvel uh, announced they, – they surprised the living crap out of everybody at Hall H by announcing – the full slate of phase five projects that they have in the works. And then they shocked everybody, including me who had to rewrite his article on the fly uh, for phase six. That is also coming in uh, the, the years to come, but here's what we got for phase five of the MCU. 
You have Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantum Media. Yeah. Uh, Secret Invasion series coming out. Eh. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Fine. <laughs> uh, Gar- <laughs> For those of you who might have missed it, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3 is supposed to be focusing on Rocket Raccoon's origin story. Uh, for part of the finale, it'll also introduce Adam Warlock into the fold. Um, you know, your your excitement volume may vary. Uh, also, Echo, uh, we heard a little while ago that Daredevil and um, Wilson Fisk will be in that show, possibly Jessica Jones. That has not been confirmed or denied. <laughs> Loki season yeah! two oh. is coming in the summer yes. of 2023. Those leaked photos, uh, amazing. Oh. Yes, uh, then, of course, you have the Marvels, which is the Captain Marvel sequel that will have uh, Monica Rambeau and Ms. Marvel, Kamala Khan, yeah. joining the fray. Uh, we got a date for Blade. Blade yes. will be coming out. It looks like it's, if I'm reading this correctly, November 8th or 9th. It's kind of blurry. It says uh, third here. The third. That is what I saw. Wow. All right. Yeah, this is. This is like an in the room <laughs> from the from the seats photo I'm looking Threes at Threes can look like eights. It's fine. Okay. Uh, <laughs> in the fall of 2023, we're getting Iron Heart. Yes. Oh my God. Starring Dominique Thorne so as uh, Riri Williams. We have, uh, they've retitled the Agatha uh, House of Harkness to Coven of Chaos. Like Great title. Like yeah. 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 That is a good title. Yes. Uh, big, big surprise for Daredevil fans in this phase. We're getting Daredevil Born Again, which oh. is an 18 episode Disney Plus series. That's exciting. That's coming out in the spring of 2024. Loving the double meaning of Born Again. Very clever. Yes, yes. Uh, next, we have Captain America, The New Order. Yes. Okay. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> yes. Which is, of course, the Sam Wilson cap or cap four, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's very exciting. And last on this is uh, Thunderbolts is uh, finally confirmed. It's actually happening. And they'll be announcing the team members for that movie probably at D23 later this year. I believe that show is in September. So we won't have long to wait for that. And it's also rumored that we're going to be getting the fantastic forecasting at D23 mm-hmm. and the director, I would imagine. Uh, and it's also been announced that Fantastic Four, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever ends the current phase that we're in mm-hmm. now. So that's the end of phase four. And then um, Fantastic Four is going to kick off the sixth phase. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a bunch of placeholder things uh in place for that timeline they're obviously not going to give away too much but it's possible that one of those dates will go to deadpool 3 Mm. i would imagine um shang chi 2 is probably going to be uh put in there somewhere i would hope uh but may interestingly enough that phase is going to end with two really big movies and we're getting them in the same year so they're bringing the Avengers uh, namesake back for May 2nd, 2025. Your dates are subject to change. Uh, Avengers, the Kang Dynasty 
is coming out on May 2nd, 2025. And then to be followed up by, and this was the really big announcement is they are doing uh, secret wars. So Avengers secret wars, my suspicion is they're going to kind of meter out these mutants. You've already got Kamala Khan. We're about to meet Namor in November Mm -hmm. for black Panther Wakanda forever. I think they're going to introduce them little by little over the next few years. And then possibly in secret wars is going to be like the big to do uh, for them. And then possibly phase seven will be like the X era of Marvel. That's my prediction. I don't know how much weight that holds. It's impossible. Some logic to it. Yeah. I think they would probably want to make the big uh, splash with the mutants. Yeah. The new Avengers team probably too coming up. That's the other thing was that this made me question what are we doing with building the young Avengers that like, what does this Avengers look like when this comes out? You know, like, is this going to be a new Avengers proper or is it going to be a mishmash of Mm. young Avengers and Avengers? I think Hmm, with Secret Wars, you might see all of them. They made a, a really big point at the Ant-Man panel, Quantumania, to bring out Catherine Newton as the mm. older Cassie. And yeah. she was not allowed to say anything about anything. <laughs> no, she's on the poster, though. Yeah. She's uh, She's got her own suit, yeah. all of that stuff. Hmm. Um, Aaron, were you going to say something just a minute ago? Well, I was just thinking I had seen a story where Kevin Feige said something about the Young Avengers, and I was wondering if I could find it again. And it is on CBR, but I didn't get a chance to read the whole thing. He made some announcement at all right. About, um, maybe about if you them maybe not being there. Okay. Well, I'll just, um, I'll, just I'll be super quick. I just, just basically sure. yeah. Marvel Studios fleshed out its ambitious plans at Comic Con International with announcements to bring the Marvel Cinematic Universe into 2025. Blah 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 blah. After all, uh, but then there, it goes on to talk about this. Um, Oh, gosh, I just had it in there. Uh, I'm sorry. I like that you just blah, 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 my job. <laughs> yeah, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> you know. Uh, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Words, words, no one cares. <laughs> just it's read so the headline cool. and comment. Yeah, exactly. It's like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> uh, so it, there, was a, there was a person who was in the audience. So, so we started re- reminding people of all the amazing characters that we've introduced in Phase 4. I was going to blah, 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 blah again. You know what? Let me, <laughs> it's, it's, it's okay it's if you don't have the information. It's a long article. And these Here, why don't you read it while I talk longer. about this next yeah, thing? Go ahead. You do that. <laughs> All right. Um, super quick. Because I think they, they, they kind of mentioned this and then it just went away. And even I didn't talk about it that much uh, when I wrote it up. But Modoc is going to be in Ant-Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. It'll be huh. Patton Oswalt. Oh. I well, uh, maybe I don't know, but the idea of a live action Modoc entertains me. Yeah, I want to know how they're going to do this. Um, are we going to get to see the evolution of Modoc into the character that everyone knows? That would be incredible. Um, I'm I'm all for it. I'm really really excited to see Modoc come into the MCU. Um. I don't know who will play Modoc, but I'm sure it'll be fun. Let me see. What else do we have here? Um, we don't, I will really just have a uh, trailer talk left. I mean, I could keep sifting through stories, but I think this episode is long enough. 
Um, let's yeah, let's move let's move on to to Charles. So I want to talk about the the DC stuff for a moment. Yes. Um, because you know the big thing every year, every every Saturday night, whenever Marvel and Warner DC, uh, however you want to slice it, are both at the same show and are doing their shows. In Hall H, it's always the big thing. Who's going to have the bigger show? Uh-huh. And by a mile, it was definitely, definitely Marvel that brought a lot to the table. Yeah. DC, not so much. Um, not that what they showed wasn't great. Uh-huh. Shazam, <gasps> yes. Fury of the Gods, they they released an official trailer for this. Yes. I think... Just looks like a ton of fun. Oh my god! So, so Chris, tell us about your your best friend Zachary <laughs> Levi. Oh, you're my who's... close personal friend Zachary Levi, who called me Batgirl and gave me a hug that one time. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, Shazam is my favorite DC movie, and as a Batman stan, I know that's a statement, but it is true. I really love Shazam, and this trailer did in fact make me cry just out of like the joy of seeing them all again. Like, I I love this story. It ugh, it hits me real hard. I watch it the first one every Christmas. It's become like a Christmas movie for me, you know, because there's one scene at Christmas, so it counts. <laughs> <laughs> but this looks really fun. I love the Fast and Furious reference where he's like, it's all about family. And oh, God, it was good. This looks like it's going to be just a fun time, which I think is what DC needs more of. Have fun. Yes. Uh, Helen Mirren is one of the best Fast and Furious characters. Yes. I also, so while we're going through trailer talk, Bronwyn was really sad she couldn't be here tonight. So I am the speaker of the Bronwyn. um, And I have several quotes from her on all of the trailers. So, (laughs) Okay. Bronwyn said uh, she is very excited for Shazam because she loves the magical girl aspect of this story. Um, That was her main takeaway there. Okay, do you want to say the other ones or you want to, oh, you got to go through each one? Oh, we haven't talked about the other trailers yet. All right, all right. I'll, I'll, I'll prompt, I guess you prompt yourself each time yeah. and you can read the review. I totally forgot to show her the Sandman trailer. So unfortunately, we yeah. don't have one. That's why she didn't say that. anything about it. Got it. Yeah, I, I knew that I had missed one and then was too lazy to pick up my phone and look at the outline to see what I missed. <laughs> yeah. I watched the um, trailer and I was just like, I'm sorry. I know I don't want to. I, I love that everyone else loves it. <laughs> but my first thought was this is Greatest American Hero. Um, when I first, the, like the first couple scenes, and if you're old enough to know, then you know. But I mean, I love that everyone else loves it, so I'm not going to crap on it. But I do <laughs> think it's not, it's, it's not the Shazam I would want to see, but I'm happy for all the reasons that you said earlier. Just have fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, just, just to have fun for them to be, and that it's not Batman or Superman. So there's that. So Bob, did you happen to check out the Shazam? I I enjoyed the first movie. My, I have to separate myself from being comic book historian and you have to review the movie they put out there. And that movie Mm -hmm. and its sense of family was so great that I, it overwhelmed most of my other quibbles. I know what they wanted. The elevator pitch was it's big as a superhero. Yeah, and it, and it works, and it's it's fun and light and deserving of all the praise it gets. It it's just for me that isn't the way the character was created. They were two separate people, so it it kind of 
it scotches things a little bit that way for me. It's like a little bit of, oh, you poured some gasoline on that part of the fire, kind of. It's like, all right, you can get me aggravated. But watching the movie takes the aggravation away because it is so yeah. good-hearted that yeah. it's, hard, it's hard to stay mad. It really is. It's charming. Yeah. Yes. It's really charming. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get the charm the first time I saw it, but we we rewatched it I think maybe last year and it really landed for me just so so much better the second time around. Yeah. Uh watching it during Christmas is not a bad It's a good I'm idea. Have to think has, about that. Yeah. It really has all the things you want in a Christmas movie, the family, that like all of that stuff. Oh, I love it. The, the demons. The de- who the doesn't demons. want a demon? They're like I love a Krampus, why not? I love. Have you seen Krampus? Mike Darty's Krampus. No, I haven't seen Krampus. What? Should I? Whoa, I'm what? sorry. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. I'll go watch it tonight. I guess. Oh, that movie rules. <laughs> that movie's so good. Okay, I'll watch Krampus. Um, you won't regret it. It's 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 genuinely very 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 good. Yeah. Uh, all right, moving right along. Black Adam, trailer two. This is of course Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Doing his uh, Rage as Power movie. <laughs> it introduces the JSA or reintroduced the JSA. They made a really big deal about that. And I didn't understand that. I heard that the crowd was going insane when the characters from that group were coming onto the screen. Were they not in the last trailer? Yes, they all were. The other were. Right, I guess people are just it. excited. Just let people have pure, fun, Steve. <laughs> there's a lot more Pierce no. Brosnan in this one. I'll give it. There, there's definitely there is. That. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I like I said, I will I will see this. I enjoy me some uh Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Mm-hmm. I am going into it a a little like hmm, but yeah. I'm up for it and you know, we we see all this stuff. I will go in with an open mind. And I'm looking forward to, I want to see if this movie, there are hints that this movie is going to be fun. There's a lot of dour stuff in there too. Yeah. But I have a feeling that it's going to be one of those movies that kind of changes its tone part of the way through. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bronwyn says, I'll watch it and I'm sure I might even enjoy it, but the trailers are honestly why I don't get hyped for trailers. So, <laughs> so she doesn't she, she doesn't like watching trailers and I have her watch trailers all the time. I also don't like watching trailers. So we have that in common, but we go different directions with it because she doesn't like watching it. She doesn't get hyped. I don't like watching it because I get too hyped and then it's not there for me to watch and it stresses me out. <laughs> so what's stressing you out about the Black Adam trailer? Oh, nothing. I didn't get hyped at all. <laughs> I was fine. Uh, wow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I actually really like The Rock as well. I'm sure I will have fun with it. But man, that trailer did nothing for me. Yeah, I, I, I see a, this movie. Go ahead. Go ahead. If, I was going to say, I think we're going to say probably the same thing. If I see this movie, which I probably will, it will 100% have nothing to do with The Rock. Amen. It'll entirely be because I just want to see the JSA on screen yep. so bad. Yep. <laughs> that's, that's all it is. I just want to see them on screen. And just seeing those Hawkman images were amazing to me. Yeah. So I just, I, that's all I want. So I don't. That's really uh, care. Aldous Hodge, right? Uh, I believe so. I just don't Aldous care. Aldous Hodge. About and then uh, Noah Centineo is, is in this. Yes. So that's fun. 
That is I fun. Just, I like I'm, I'm sure I'm going to end up being I disappointed like and I'll go back to watching Stargirl and I'll be happy. <laughs> I, mean, I got to tell you. I don't hate The Rock. I just don't care about him agreed, like that. Agreed. I want him to succeed. I don't hate him. I'm not just like, oh, no, he's so, a good no, guy. I just don't. You want him to <laughs> succeed. He's like the most he's successful person. I, I think he's fine. to succeed. <laughs> I hope somebody discovers him one day. You know, I hope he gets out of the box. But yeah. You when know, will it be the rock's time? I just don't. I don't have to be in the audience when it happens. So you're not smelling what he's cooking. Oh, nope. <laughs> nope. thank you, thank you. Uh, I'll show myself uh, out. Master, it's fine. Go back to the kitchen, Dwayne. <laughs> he has mastered the art See? of making himself more important than any character he plays. Like literally, it's all that you character. A char- wait, a, char- <laughs> a character he plays have, has that happened yet? That's my point. Yeah. That's my point. Wow. He he does not play a character. He plays The Rock. And The Rock is awesome and fun. I especially love seeing him hang out with Kevin Hart because they cracked me up together for some reason. Did but, you see their tortilla slapping yes. uh, thing that yes. they had? They cracked me up together. I just – it's, you know, it's it's just not always the thing I want to see. So, Have you seen Red Notice? I have not. Good. Don't. Oh, Red Notice was bad. It was terrible. Red Notice was not good. Um. The thing I will say, and you can take this or leave it, and then we'll move on to the next thing, but I know a couple of people that were at Comic-Con that very much have the same thoughts about Dwayne The Rock Johnson, that it is just him being in the him being himself in the movies that he's in. Yes. However, this is the first time that anyone's ever come back to me and because there was like extra footage, there was more stuff going on than what we were shown, obviously, because we weren't there. But they said, this is the first time that I've ever seen him in anything where he's actually playing a character. Hmm. And I was just like, mm. uh, so stretch. like I said, take it or leave it. We won't have long to wait. We'll find out eventually. Yeah. But. Maybe, maybe, maybe now it's the rock's time. Maybe it's his time. I don't know. What, I, what I flavor Kool Aid were they serving at that? <laughs> Cult reference number three of the episode. <laughs> <laughs> What's the flavor of rocks like energy drink? <laughs> <There you go. laughs> Whatever that is. I think it's like it was an assortment. Raw, raw salmon that he eats twenty pounds of a day. He eats something. He eats like broccoli and dirt he, or something like that. These little green trays. Do you remember that article where he's like putting people out of business fish wise because he eats so much salmon? Anyway. Yep. <laughs> oh, man. The rock. Must be hard to be the rock. <laughs> oh, I just had the nastiest thought. I'm not going to share it with the group. Let's move on. T- DM it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Sandman, Neil Gaiman's The Sandman is coming to Netflix and they finally, finally released a trailer for this thing. It's coming out soon. I'm not sure the exact date, but The Sandman looks beautiful. It does. And they, they released a clip from it, uh, earlier today of, um, Dream and Death arriving at like a, uh, like an elderly violinist's house mm. and basically, you know, coming to collect him and ferry him over. Um, and it was just really gripping and, and sweet. And if those are 
the types of, of stories they're going to tell and the types of moments that they're going to have in this series, this could end up really being yeah. something special. Um, I think this looks awesome. Yeah. Like visually, emotionally, uh, great cast. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really excited about this one. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. Mm-hmm. The Jage Williams second run that never got finished kind of had a lot of that vibe to me, the, the outer space mm-hmm. cosmic-y stuff. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the Overture. Yes, that's the one. Yep. Um, Aaron, any thoughts on uh, Sandman? I cannot speak on it because the Sandman Illuminati will take me out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, right. was approached, I was approached over the weekend by people we know who uh, <laughs> may, uh, may or may not be gunning for me because I asked a question in our chat about Sandman and, well, we'll leave it there. <laughs> Wow, I must have missed that. I'll have to go back. <laughs> no, it was uh, Bob, no, I, I really, it was I really love the, the Flash trailer. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> down now. That movie's All right, never here. gonna happen. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, Let's we're gonna on. go there really quick yeah, before we get to these last three trailers. No, I actually want to talk about this. Um, the DC is in an interesting position, yeah, because. They came to the Hall H. They showed Shazam, which was which was brand new. the The trailer was brand new, reveals and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Black Adam was just another trailer for something that we've already seen and already know probably a good deal about um, tonally, cast wise. There really aren't too many more surprises for this movie. It just needs to come out uh, after so many years of them trying to get it up off the ground. But that was it. Yeah, no Batgirl. Like that was, either. and then they, no Batgirl, no, like not even a title card mm-hmm. for Batgirl, not even a like reveals of characters in their yeah. costumes. Like it yeah. would have been nice to see Brendan Fraser, yeah, uh, as Firefly or whoever he like. Tell us who's he, who he's playing. Like right. finally say he's playing Firefly because it's only rumored that he is right so far. But like it would have been cool if they brought more. But here, this bears the question, like. Are they saving that stuff for DC fandom? And if they are, when are they going to announce that? Mm. Because that would be right around the corner. And to my knowledge, that hasn't been announced for this year yet. Mm. So like if they had anything, what, what are you waiting for? I hear Jennifer. What's her face in my head. now? (laughs) What are you waiting for? Um, So yeah, here's yeah, okay. Aquaman is super awkward because of the whole Amber Heard oh, thing. God. So they Jason don't know Momoa, how to spin though. that. You can, show, you can yeah. throw him up, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. But like inevitably, yeah, it, it goes in that direction because that Amber Heard Johnny Depp story is so much bigger yeah. than the Aquaman movie. And so they're kind of up shit's creek with that. Yeah. And then the other thing is the curse the flash, flash movie. Yeah. The, the yeah. movie is more cursed than the exorcist. At this point. <laughs> Good Lord. It really, like the thing is though, is I feel like, and look, I, this is not my job. I am not in charge of this stuff. No. So it is very easy for me to sit here behind my microphone and be like, this is what you should do. But at some point, and maybe they're saving this for fandom. I don't know if they're even doing it. But like at some point, someone needs to make a decision yeah. as to 
how you are going to market this movie, how you're going to pivot away from the negativity and get people excited about this thing, whether it's pushing Michael Keaton's Batman or otherwise, or just really leaning into the Momoa-ness of Aquaman or reveal something new about the Aquaman movie. That's a big part of it Mm -hmm. and make that the big talking point going forward and try to move past this stuff because if you're keeping Amber Heard in the movie or not, eventually that movie is going to come out and people are going to find out. Right. But they're, they're being so cagey about it because they don't want to lose the fandom and they don't want to upset a whole subsection of people that are so, so into the politics of this stuff and, you know, are just waiting to launch their boycotts for things. They probably have it in drafts, just waiting for the next, uh, you know, Aquaman and or flash thing to come out. Yeah. Because both of those releases are an absolute fucking disaster. Yeah. Well, fl- The Flash was a disaster before the lead became a criminal. Like, <laughs> that movie got rewritten, what, five times since it was originally announced? Like, remember yeah, all the it, plot it, lines that got ditched? All the directors that yeah. got ditched yeah. or quit? Yeah, it's been a mess. And now, you know, nobody wants to watch Ezra Miller in a movie. Like, the, the person is kidnapping people. And how do you market a movie when your star is is on the run? Literally. Yeah. Literally. Yeah, grooming 12-year-olds and kidnapping them across state lines. Yeah, this is Literally. Great. I cannot believe that they haven't surfaced yet and that nothing yeah. has, has come from that. It is baffling to me. Yes. And they've been doing this for months. Like, this is a long-term crime spree at this point. They can't put this movie out. I just don't think they can. As fucked as it is for them. Like, they nobody's going to watch this. Oh, they absolutely will. <laughs> Well, could you? It could, you think they will? Think, oh, and yeah. I'm not saying that they should. Don't go, please, yeah. don't get me wrong. Every single thing you said, Chris, is absolutely correct. Yeah, you're right. But I'm sorry. I had faith horrible, in humanity horrible. for a second. <laughs> we live in a horrible society right. of people who will, for no other reason, there there are people. I truly believe this. I know this, is, this sounds like a joke. I believe there are people who will see it now who probably wouldn't have seen it before. I I would think that. If this wasn't a non-binary person doing a crime spree, if this was a man, maybe. But I feel like those people already didn't like Ezra Biller. You know what I mean? So here's the thing. I think the people we're talking about wouldn't even understand what non-binary is. <laughs> Fair enough. So you got you got to give credit where credit is due and take it away when you it's right. Nice. You're right. You're right. I have, a, I have a plan. They can split into two episodes of True Hollywood Story. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I love I love the internet's collective idea that we just recast Ezra Miller as Elliot Page. Problem solved, done and done. Yep. Wow, I saw that. Yeah, that like was that. a good yeah. idea, right? I don't know what they're going to do, but someone needs to make a decision, and they need to lean into it because we are at the end of July. And that movie is supposedly – is that coming out? supposed to come out like in November? I thought so. Mm. It's, going it's to supposed to be coming out this year. I'm pretty sure. It's had more release and dates than Black Widow at this point. So. <laughs> like no no trailers, no no anything. No, Not even a logo. Like not even a proper logo. 
I, 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 I don't know. I, I don't know what they're going to do, but I did, I did love they, that they need to, to put it out. They're either going to put it out. They, yeah. It's, it's the difference between not putting it out and knowing a hundred percent that you're going to lose a hundred percent of your yeah. investment versus putting it out and gaining some portion of your investment, even if it's over time. Yeah. Maybe just drop it on HBO and not theatrical release it maybe that would be the because you know but people would probably more people would watch it that way because then they wouldn't have to admit they watched it we have tickets what are are they gonna do (laughs) with all of their uh lightning bolt shaped popcorn (laughs) buckets though (laughs) they're light up popcorn buckets that they're gonna charge you fucking thirty dollars they'll give it to the black adam movie and not explain it (laughs) no they'll give it to shazam yeah (laughs) Yeah. go i did love that the shazam trailer did have a moment where he was like and they already have a cool superhero like flash and i was like do they know yeah <laughs> and there's a clip of sure. them. Yeah. <laughs> we're not convinced that they do <laughs> yeah what if- it is pretty cool that um all of the lanyards for hall h uh they were black adam lanyards that when the lights went down and the Ooh. lightning started happening on the screen everybody's lanyards lit up oh that's cool and no one expected it all of a sudden around their chest. They have these glowing <laughs> things. Pretty cool. I, I just cool. came up with something. What if we could kill two birds with one stone? Yes. What if what if you edit Amber Heard out of Aquaman and put her in mm. Ezra Miller's place in the flesh? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Make Jesus. it a different kind of curse? Yes. Maybe the curses right, will now. cancel each other out. See? Is that, and, you, but if you cross the streams, I don't know. <laughs> Now we're just asking for it. <laughs> Aren't we? Yes. Aren't we? All right, let's move on. We got three more here. <sighs> I am Groot. I am Groot. Yeah. I am I am Groot is a five episode nope. CGI animated <laughs> series coming to Disney Plus. I am I will watch it because that's what we do here. I hmm. have to admit that I'm not looking forward to this. Uh, if I'm being completely savage about it, I will be the hateful, curmudgeonly old man right now. Uh-huh. I don't like baby Groot. Yeah, me either. I don't like baby Groot. I don't like teen Groot. I like adult ass Groot. Yeah. And that's it. He, um, he's, he's cute until he talks. And then I don't know. <laughs> or there's something I'll tell you when it all when it all went south for me was the very beginning, the opening sequence of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. And Baby Groot is playing the music and dancing along as the Guardians are getting mauled by this giant alien tentacle beast thing. There's, And I know that James Gunn did the mocap for this. This is no shade to James Gunn. But that dance (laughs) that Baby Groot does at the beginning of that movie, there is something about the body movements. There is something going on there that I find visually unappealing and it just set me off on the wrong foot with that character. And I never got into the attitude of teen Groot. And I just don't, I can stomach the adorable characters for a while. Mm. And then it's just, it's just too much for me to handle and I can't do it. Um, Not to mention that in the opening scenes of this trailer, he's being attacked by aliens and then cowers into a ball and farts farts out a leaf that they eat, which they then eat and throw a party. And I can't decide if I absolutely love that (laughs) or if I hate it with every fiber of my being. Yeah. I, I do have to be very me on this. Cause I was watching these trailers with like Hawk 
eyes here focusing for any little thing that I could make queer. And <laughs> it was they didn't give me much. I'm not gonna lie. But Groot has a bisexual flag scarf, and I don't know why, but he does. Go back and watch it. <laughs> no, no, I know. That's true. I know what you're talking right? about. I was like, what does this mean? Probably nothing. It's Disney Plus. Let's not lie. There's definitely some cute stuff in there. There's a little dance party. There's like explosions and stuff. Look, I am not the target audience yeah. for this. Uh, like through and through. This is not, they did not make this for me. So I'm not 41 years old. I'm like, rah, 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 I am Groot. <laughs> Um, this is that well. People imagine having that people, many feelings about I am Groot, <laughs> right? People want to sit down with their kids and enjoy the hell out of this, yeah. or want to enjoy it by themselves. Or you're a huge Groot fan, all the power to you. I will watch this. I hope to be pleasantly surprised by it. Mm. Okay, next, the penultimate discussion of trailers. Holy crap! So they released another trailer for She Hulk. <laughs> Which is coming to us in less than a month. Yes. She-Hulk, Attorney at Law. We got so much more of the tone, a lot more of the plot of what's happening or going to be happening in this show. Pretty much you get Bruce coming in to train up Jen on this remote island, see what she can do. There's some really amazing uh, chemistry and scenes between those two characters. And then we come to find out that Jen is being put in charge of a law division that uh, defends and and takes cases for like metahumans or superhuman people, people with powers. Uh, and it's like all the misfit characters. Yeah. So like Frogman yes. is in there. Yes. Um, it, it looks like even one of the judges is a shapeshifter of yeah. some kind. So that's interesting. Somebody leaps out of a window at one <laughs> point. Um, and I believe that, and the, the names escape me, who is um, the boyfriend of, um, oh, my God, the porcupine? What's his name? Oh, Jerry. No, Jerry's the baby. Jerry. No, Jerry's the baby. Uh, uh, oh, you know what? I'm thinking of, no, I'm thinking of, of Spider-Woman. Yeah. But what is she going to be in that's coming out? Oh, it's the, the, the new Spider-Verse movie. Mm. Um, I believe I believe those characters are also in that movie. I don't know. I don't quote me on that. We'll move on. Um, <laughs> yeah, I. I mean, it's hard to say whether or not the CG looks better or not. I know there was some debate around that. I think that the show just looks great overall. I'm mm -hmm. really excited to see Tatiana Maslany yeah. in this role. Uh, Jamila Jamil playing yeah. uh, Titania. Yeah. She looks amazing. Bursting into the courtroom. She looks, yeah, she does. She looks incredible. Oh. That moment where Jen has to take off her shoes because she doesn't want to ruin them before she hulks out. Yeah. Was so good. She the breaking of the fourth wall. Yes. Yeah. It looks funny. Yeah. Uh, Bronwyn says, I don't know if I want to be her or if I'm in love with her. Probably both. <laughs> 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 Bob, what are you? Uh, what are your feelings? I on am a She-Hulk she fan from way back, and I think this captures so much of the runs I was hoping for. You're getting that fourth wall John Byrne thing where they both, both turn to the screen. He didn't mean that, and they look and they look up. Why are we looking off screen to you people in the audience? <laughs> you, you've got the slot stuff with the law firm, which is Goodman, Lieber, Kurtzberg, and Holloway which is Martin Goodman, who ran Timely Comics, and Stanley Martin Lieber, and Jacob Kurtzberg. So it's Lee and Kirby, 
and Holloway. Yeah. You've got Tim Roth back, please, uh, as the abomination. You get Benedict Wong, who I didn't expect to see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it, the tone of it is exactly what I wanted this to be. And she, look, because of Orphan Black, we knew she could play two different characters or five or eight yeah. or 12 different characters. Nailing two different styles of comedy kind of is a whole other ball mm-hmm. game. And she, she, Tatiana Maslany is nailing it in, these tra- in the trailer, I think. Love it. That looks yeah. so fun. Uh, Aaron, you got any thoughts for She-Hulk? I, I was super excited when I saw it. I, as I said earlier, I was super excited about the uh, reading one through five of the current run, and having read a little bit of Dan Slott's run a while ago, um, I do see some of the things they're drawing from with the law firm and all that stuff. Um, I'm just excited to see another version, not a version, another corner of the Marvel universe that's not. You know, as we just enjoyed with Ms. Marvel, not directly aligned with um, in that way with the fallout from, you know, all the Avengers stuff. So I'm, I'm excited about that. I'm excited to see a different tone. So I, I, I loved the trailer. So I'm in. Awesome. Yeah, it looks like a big part of this is going to be her defending Abomination. Uh, and then, of course, the thing that he's being kept in breaks and he breaks out and Wong I think is vouching for him at some point because they've been running around yeah Um, super excited for that that's that's starting in less than a month on Disney Plus at the panel the director and producers were saying there will be tons of cameos that we we can't tell you without getting in trouble but there are going to be a lot of cameos in this oh there was definitely one at the end of this trailer Mm -hmm. very very cool all right Last, Ooh. but definitely not least, and absolutely the trailer that I've watched mm-hmm. upward of 10 times, maybe even more, is Black Panther Wakanda Forever. They dropped what they're calling a teaser trailer. I guess it certainly felt like a full trailer yeah. to me. Yeah. Um, I... <sighs> I've been in a weird place with Black Panther, mostly entirely, I, I will admit, because of the the Letitia Wright stuff uh, during the production mm-hmm. of her pushing the anti-vax agenda. Um, I, of course, am, am like crazy opposed to that uh, perspective. And it was really, really disappointing to know that she had aligned herself with that camp and was was pushing that stuff on her co-stars and around the set and just in general to the public it was really really disappointing and it kind of took some of the wind out of my sails for black panther and for the sequel i should say and upon watching this trailer from the opening moment as soon as that music started to hit uh no woman no cry the wailers (gasps) just a beautiful beautiful cover i Everything that I felt previously still there, but I had this like restored energy for this movie coming out. And as this trailer unfolded, I just fell in love with the idea that this movie is coming out in just a couple of months. I could not be more excited for this. This trailer was so emotional and so 
affecting and sad and inspiring. And it was just a teaser trailer, but it, it got me. Uh, and speaking of getting people, <laughs> Chris sent me, I don't know if it was a GIF or a video short or what of them just crying <laughs> while watching the trailer. Well, sometimes I wonder if people think I'm exaggerating when I say how often I cry over these things. And I was like, Steve, back me up. I was full sobbing watching it. <laughs> I open it up. I'm like, oh, maybe this is a response to my other thing. And it's just like, <laughs> I really was. But that was the second time I watched it. And I did that both times. It's so good. It just, it looks, it looks so powerful. Angela Bassett. Doing such an amazing job. I love the music in it. I love the transition with the music, and just the 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 different moods that it strikes. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm a thousand percent in. Um, Aaron, did you get to watch this one? I very much did. Um, I have learned. You know what? It's interesting. I'm going to use Buffy again. <laughs> Go for it. I have learned. I was talking to someone. A while ago, about, I want to say about 10 days ago, and saying to them, hey, I was thinking about you because I just saw that Buffy the Vampire Slayer is on. This person always loved it. And their response to me was, yeah, I love it, but I don't, I don't know if I can love it anymore because all the stuff with Joss Whedon, et cetera, et cetera. To which I replied, and I sort of thought about this in the moment, you know, I get it, but a lot of people worked really hard yeah. to put that show together. And they still deserve to have their work respected, regardless of whether or not there is a single asshole, you know, on that set. Um, not that like I'm the, not calling the teacher out an asshole. I'm just saying it, it, you can't let one person. I know it's kind the of the of everyone else. The so. law of Rowling with the <laughs> Harry Potter stuff. Yeah. Get it? I get it. But I just looked at it from the, there's a lot. Like you just said earlier, Angela Bassett was amazing oh my god in oh. this in this i i'm not going to let one thing negate the other you know i'm trying to learn to be a little bit more rational in my approach to those types of things except for where damien is concerned but i knew you were gonna do I, it i've been waiting <laughs> i watched this and i was emotional from the reality of the of the situation with with Chadwick, yeah, I was emotional from the perspective of a mother who's lost her son because I yeah. have witnessed that. Mm-hmm. I was emotional from the beats of all of those people impacted um, in the story who who had a love for that character, um, and then just excited to return to a space of respect for this type of character. So I, there was a lot that was packed into that, mm-hmm. you know, minute, 30 seconds, however long that was. Um, and it made me excited for it. Um, I hope that it continues in the path of representing excellence I hope we haven't gotten to the point of let's bring them down a peg. That was my fear from the end of the first one. You know, what it would mean for Wakanda from a storyline perspective. 
I hope that we can continue to demonstrate the excellence that they represented in the first and the strength to be sort of down and out, but rise back again. Um, I hope that everyone just sort of fills in the blank space that's left by Chadwick. Um, and I just really found myself super excited and emotional on a variety of different levels, mm-hmm. having watched that trailer a couple of times. Mm-hmm. Bob. Everything everyone said so far, honestly, you're looking at those opening sequences and you know it's a funeral and they're yeah. also celebrating at the same time. And you you want to think the best that these people will manage their way through this that 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 our our queen is such that she's strong enough for an entire nation and boy she Mm. is when you see her you can't and she's lost her husband as well as her son Mm -hmm. and now but as she points out in that sequence i'm the leader of the most powerful nation on earth but i've lost everyone Mm-hmm. she does have a support group and you see them all grieving in their own way and celebrating their own way. You have all that wonderful Wakanda stuff. And I, I, in my head is yes, the moves that T'Challa made at the end of the first one to, to bring them into the real world, that's going to mm-hmm. come with consequence, but you'd yeah. like to hope that there will be a, a segment of the population of earth will take this the, all the right way and do the right thing. But I think there are some sneaky folks around <laughs> just saying because we get a good look at what some of the plot of this is going to be beyond the emotional moments we've seen you can you could piece together something is definitely someone's looking for something under the sea and is that vibranium probably that cheeses off prince namor <laughs> not happy with being invaded which goes all the way back to the 1930s and that looks like something special too. And then you, as he's comics first anti-hero, does that bring us into a new world where Wakanda and Atlantis can come together? Is, is that where we're heading? I, I sure hope so. I want to see something other than you're saying, Aaron, of everything as, as it did in uh, uh, Avengers versus X-Men. Was that a, that was AVX, not AXE. I, I get all those things mixed up where Namor just floods Wakanda yeah, I don't want. I I can. I, I, let's have some of that. Let's have a conflict, but l- let us not wreck this very special movie location. Yeah. This very special place. You nailed it. You nailed it. That's exactly what I was remembering. Um, that whole scene, and then the follow-up where Storm came through and was like, "What?" But no, um, <laughs> no, you're absolutely right. I, that's kind of what I'm fearing. That uh-huh. sort of rivalry and that sort of you know warring factions, warring of power, war. Of or between powerhouses. No yeah, more. but if Kendrick Lamar is to believe, to be believed, everything's going to be all right. Yeah, mm. we were told. Yes. Mm. Uh, Bron- <laughs> Bronwyn says that she didn't need to watch the trailer to know it was going to break her, and it did, but she's happy she watched it anyway. It gave her literal chills. <laughs> yes, it did. Excellent. Mm-hmm. All right. I think that's going to do it. Thank you all for uh, hanging in there with us. Let's talk about the books that we're looking forward to next week. Um, Bob, or what are you picking up? Uh, The Sam Wilson cap number three. We have Strange number four. Variants number two. Janice Vell, Peter David, back on a Captain Marvel character. 
And if if this is correct, there is a DC Young Adult Satana book this year. The Jewel yes, of it's so good. <gasps> You've seen it already. I may have an arc of it from ALA. <laughs> oh, lovely. It's very good. Much looking forward to that. Mm. You heard it here first. Mm. Mm. Aaron, what are you what are you getting in theory? <laughs> well, the pile is super small this week. So in theory, there's a Gambit number one, uh, Variance number two, Sins of the Black Flamingo number two. I, I also had Genesis Fell, Captain Marvel, and oh my god, I wet myself. Magic Order number, Magic Order three, number one. <laughs> nice. I saw that. I thought of you immediately. So uh, I got to uh, finish that second arc. I think I'm two issues behind. Yeah, I'm just gonna say of the list, that one's a lock. Awesome. So. Chris, yeah. are you picking up any comics this week? Uh, the second Black Flamingo. Uh, I'm also like a ton of webtoons just came back. So I'm going to be reading that for a while. Uh, Exception and Covenant both came back, which were huge ones that Bronwyn and I love. And of course, everything is fine. Just started again. So that's where I'll be. Awesome. For me, I am picking up Detective Comics 1062, Harlequin 17, One Dark Night number three. Finally, it's the shelves. Very much looking forward to that. Robin number 16. Uh, There's a new Ant-Man coming out. Are you picking up Robin? Mm -hmm. I forgot that was this week. So that one too. (laughs) Uh, Al Ewing is doing a new Ant-Man series that I might check out. I really like the cover to it. So see what happens. Uh, Captain America, symbol of truth. Number three, strange. Number four, variants. Number two, I hate this place. Number three, house of slaughter. Number seven, public domain. Number two, sins of the black flamingo. Number two, righteous thirst for vengeance. Number 10, which got really violent uh, in the last two issues. I kind of wish that John was here. I want to know if he's still reading it. Uh, and something is killing the children, the Eisner winning something is killing the children. Number 25 is also hitting the stands as well as my iPad. (laughs) And that is the books that I am picking up for this week. Oh boy. All right. Does anybody have any, uh, oh yeah. Closing statements, Chris. Yes. Okay. All the things. Uh, So I'm doing all the things right now. Um, Please, as always, go check out Gotham Outsiders. Uh, The last of our extended Pride celebration are coming out because we did so much during Pride Month that has bled over a full month. Um, We are coming up to our anniversary episode where we're going to be doing some big things to be announced. And obviously, we have a secret thing that I hinted at earlier that will soon be announced in the next couple of weeks. So keep an eye on our podcast. Uh, Thirsty on Tunes always bring in all kinds of queerness, uh, including interviews that we have coming up that I'm really excited about. We're covering a bunch of new uh, comics and we have some fun guests that'll be coming on, including Ben Kahn is coming on for an episode. Yeah. So that should be very fun. Uh, As Steve discovered earlier, I do now have a pen name uh, Twitter. I have, um, Cooper Cal writes because I am working on submitting my first nonfiction that I'm writing. So keep an eye on that. Ooh. I have a short story that I'm submitting to some uh, romance publications. So we'll see how it goes. Um, 
thank you. But I'm, yeah, I'm getting as if I didn't have enough on my plate. I'm getting back into actually writing and trying to get published my queer romances. So that's what that is. I feel like I'm still forgetting things, but you can always follow me at the myth of psyche to get all of these updates. Excellent. Wow. I think I know what your announcement is. Do I've you? been kind of going through, I've been racking my brain for the things that I know. Yeah. And I'm fairly certain. I won't say what it okay. is, but I'm I'm fairly certain that it's gonna I It's going to be I fun, right? Yeah. yeah. You know what it is, I think. Yeah, I know what it is. Okay. Okay. Uh, anybody else have anything that they want to share before we get out of here? Uh, like about- oh, I'm still doing consulting. I forgot. Sorry. Good I'm still you. doing comic consulting. So if anyone else wants a consultant, I have a few jobs lined up, but I have room for more. So, all right. Yeah, I have uh, about an hour and a half, but I'll, I'll leave it for next time. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you don't have anything else, closing statement nope. wise? All right. Uh, and Aaron, nothing from you, right? I'm sleepy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's the signal. <laughs> All right, everybody, we've reached the end of this week's edition of the Talking Comics podcast. As always, you can send us your comments or questions through our email podcast at TalkingComicBooks.com. We are also on Twitter at TalkingComics. Bob, where can our listeners find you? Old-fashioned email, Bob Ryer at TalkingComicBooks.com. Aaron? At Aaron J. Amos. Chris, why don't you hit us with your Twitter handles one more time? At The Myth of Psyche. And What's the other one? at Cooper Cal writes. See, you got to get used to it. Got to just one right after the other. Boom, boom. Also, Damien's amazing. Don't listen to Aaron. Wow. <laughs> Fuck him. Man, just had to get that in right it at did. the end. It did. You can eat a bag of anyway. <laughs> okay. I am at dead underscore anchorus online. And Joey is at Joey Bracino. And John is at John P. Burkle. And thank you all so much for listening. Be excellent to each other. And until next time on the Talking Comics podcast, to be continued.